It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. <laughs> Well, hello there, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Confused Breakfast Podcast. Do you remember the pure joy of a trip to the video rental store as a kid? Uh The excitement of walking down the aisles, browsing the names and the artwork, and finally picking a movie out that you were going to take home with you. Sure, it's hard to beat the ease of the modern era and streaming platforms where you don't even have to leave your couch, but there was something truly special about making that trip, picking a movie out by hand, and stopping by the In-N-Out Burger in North Hollywood on on Radford on your way home. You know, it's it's over on Radford. Oh, those are good burgers, dude. Yeah, I know. (laughs) On this podcast, we revisit and dissect some of our favorite childhood movies from that magical era to see if they still move us the way they did as kids. I'm your host, Mike Schulte, and joining me as always, two dudes who are good men and thorough. Sean Pryor and AJ Vince, how the heck are ya? (laughs) Pretty good. Do you have any Kahlua? (laughs) I like to think that I made... made some of these drinks, I like to think that I was pretty thorough in the pours. Thorough. Yeah. 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 We are. Well, we'll, we'll discuss well, it later, well but I'm sure you can guess what we're drinking uh, today. Oh, man. <laughs> we'll talk about it later, but thank you for being here. You're at the beginning of an episode where we take a classic movie you love from childhood and give you every single bit of information you could ever need about the movie while dissecting it scene by scene. That's me. Stay tuned for all the fun. Before we get into the movie, do not forget to leave us a review on podcast platforms of choice, including Spotify. Click that five-star button. Uh, also check us out on Patreon Tons of amazing perks Including voting on upcoming episodes And weekly bonus audio Patreon.com Slash Confused Breakfast uh, We're also up and running on YouTube We got merch Social media Go check all that stuff out Confusedbreakfast.com uh, Or even click on the little episode notes in the show yeah. There's notes there And there's links and notes. stuff Nice We also have a voicemail Ooh, okay <laughs> 319-804-9596 If you want to hear your voice on here Let's hear today's voicemail Hey, boys and girls <laughs> Whoa. Love your podcast, love your shows, love your details. Um, I would like to see a review and a whole podcast on The Gladiator. And if you don't do it, I will find you because I have a special set of kills. Yeah, 
You heard me. <laughs> was that the Joker? Um, I don't know, but that, that is a maniacal uh, laugh. <laughs> I think we're going to have to just... So, so let's week, do Gladiator right so now. So we'll yeah. just have to interject this into our schedule. <laughs> Sorry, we're going to be drinking just mead now <laughs> yeah. and doing Gladiator. Yeah. Maniacal laughter. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, uh, thanks for calling in and... I guess you got it because <laughs> you he's, threatened us. He's outside our window right now, period. <laughs> oh, <laughs> All right, boys. Well, it is time to introduce today's movie. On this episode, we discuss a movie that everyone knows, loves, and quotes on the regular. Mm-hmm. A movie whose main character is so inspiring that a religious movement called the Church of the Latter-day Dude was formed. <sighs> Number 202 rated movie on IMDb. We are, of course, Whoa. talking about 1998's The Big Lebowski. Yeah, man. Poison. <laughs> The beaver, the beaver pitcher. <laughs> uh, for those looking to find the movie, uh, I, as the recording of this uh, in early April 2002, I found it on Peacock. Okay. Apparently, yeah. I have Peacock. Yeah. Yeah, and, it, and you have to watch like four 30-second commercials throughout yeah. the whole thing. Right. Not ideal, but if you're no. looking, if you're already paying the money for the Peacock, that's how you watch it. For Christmas one year, I got uh, the special edition uh, yeah. DVD box set of this, and it comes in like a, a bowling uh, ball. No way. It's really cool. So that's how you it. watched it. Yeah, it's worth like 200 bucks right now, so if you want. Me come at me. <laughs> I feel like I got that for like a dirty Santa Claus Christmas gift, like a gift exchange thing, like a crappy gift, like a white yeah. elephant thing. Yeah, They're yeah. like, here's a crappy gift. Yeah, I, I was like, I was, well, but we cut, we we try to like tug at nostalgic, you know, when we do it. So like, I got this thing, and it was like a box set like that. Yeah, and I I don't know who got it, but they were pretty hyped. I don't Fuck know, yeah, dude. <laughs> well, as <laughs> we al- as we always do, in order to properly discuss and review this movie with a modern eye, we got to talk nostalgia first. So AJ, let's start with you. Tell us the first time you saw this movie and what your nostalgic rating is. I remember. Here's why I remember watching this movie way more than actually watching the movie <laughs> is the commercial for it on Comedy Central. Really? Really? Was was like that quintessential commentator voice, the Big Lebowski <laughs> on Comedy Central. <laughs> the dude is a bad Coming up, like a Reno 911. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just like, and then like little clips of the show, or little clips of the movie and stuff like that. And I, I just remember thinking, like watching it uh, finally and, and catching little bits of it, like on Comedy Central, lots of commercials cut in and stuff. And I didn't get it. I didn't understand it. Yeah. I was like... Like I knew my brothers like thought this was like, a hilarious movie. Um, they just they would quote it and like I thought I was funny if I tried to quote it, but I get the quotes wrong. <laughs> so, anyways, um, but honestly, like I didn't have much like affection for this movie as a kid. Like when I first saw it, probably somewhere in high school, so or like like early high school. So I'd probably say it's like a a four point seven. 4.7. Yeah. Sean, what is your nostalgic memories and rating on this guy? Uh, this is the time that I was just kind of delving into everything that I could of like auteur filmmakers yes, yes. Uh, like Quentin Tarantino and, and the Coen brothers. So I was just kind of getting everything that I could that they made and this was one of them and uh, I, I'm i going to do that a lot <laughs> today. It's pressure changes and everything. Right, right. It's going to be a big Allergies. Break. I'm not crying. That's just my voice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but uh, I remember watching it and I uh, watching it for the first time, I had an emotional reaction at the end. Wow! And uh, so it became just like I I love this movie. I would say back then I'd probably be like a a, a nine niner. To be honest. Yeah. 
I, I very, very vividly remember seeing this for the first time. I, wa- I was in college. I mm. walked over to my buddy's house uh, and a bunch of guys sitting in the basement, a bunch of friends of mine. I was just there to like drop something off. I had to go work early in the morning or something or go to school early. So I, I walk in right as the tumbleweed's going. Yeah. And I'm like, what's this? They're like, oh, it's Big Lebowski. Have you ever seen it? I don't know. I've heard it's pretty good. And I just did the thing where I'm going to sit here for like a couple minutes and just, <laughs> and, and of course, watch the whole. I mean, I immediately was like zoned in. Yeah. Oh, my God. I need to stay here yeah, and watch this Yeah, because Sam Elliott's talking. Immediately. <laughs> and I watched the whole thing. The same thing happened to me to uh, Wet Hot American Summer. We'll get to that someday. Same, same exact situation. Nice. But I absolutely loved this movie from, from first watch. I was a... Nice. Call it that. Uh, And we got a new executive producer for today's episode. David Gould is joining us. So he's going to give us his nostalgic rating. He said, I loved it. But if you're not into the whole brevity thing, picture (laughs) a quiet Christian liberal arts college and men's dorm room and you will find me. I was your typical pretentious freshman who would smoke clothes, play Super Smash Brothers Melee for hours and speak with my group of friends solely in movie quotes. (laughs) The Big Lebowski was introduced to me by a fellow floor mate, Jim Scott, my Sean Pryor, my shaman into the world of cinema over just movies. All right. Thank you. I lived and breathed this film throughout college. It was funny and cerebral and made me hate the Eagles and order cocktails. (laughs) occasions at the bar. This film made me recognize the talent behind the camera, not just the actors. Mm. The copious quotable uh, moments became the perfect spice for my dialogue, filling the voids left by other movies like Anchorman, Dumb and Dumber, and Forrest Gump. It was a film that made me feel more intelligent for watching. Like any good cult classic, it was a secret that you would share with everyone. The dude abided in me, so my nostalgic rating will have to be an 8.4. Nice. So group rating, all of us nostalgic, that takes us at a 7.4 Point six five, you which ruined it, AJ. I know, <laughs> ruined it. It's I okay. Know. We it's are okay. honest friends. That's that, we do. that ties us with over the top. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so nostalgic rating, Big Lebowski, and over the top are the same to us. <laughs> Um, <laughs> just per that. the per the double feature thing, yeah, I would watch. That. Would you uh, back to back? Well, <laughs> Do you go over the top first? Um, yeah, I think you go over the top. I think first. you go over the top. Yeah, first. yeah. yeah. And I, then this is a more mellow kind of thing to chill you out okay. after after the adrenaline rush that over the top gets you. Yeah, totally, totally. <laughs> All right, so next we want to learn some pertinent important details about this movie. Sean, keep it under five minutes if you can, please. Try to. <laughs> Uh, Produced by Joel and Ethan Cohen and John Cameron. Written by Joel and Ethan Cohen. Cinematography by the great Roger Deakins. Music by Carter Burwell. Directed by the Cohen Brothers. Cast, Jeff Bridges, John Goodman, Steve Buscemi, Julianne Moore, Philip Seymour Hoffman, Arpish. That's what we call him. It's not another name. No, it's fine. Uh, David Huddleston, Tara Reid, Peter Starmore, Stormore, uh, Flea, Torsten Vogus, Ben Gazzara, Joe Pol... Polito and Sam Elliott. The film was inspired by a real life acquaintance of the Coen brothers, Jeff Dowd, who had a lot of the characteristics of the dude. The brothers then met Peter Exline, who told them countless stories from his life, including knowing a fellow Vietnam vet who became a private detective who solved a case of a stolen car from a high school kid. <laughs> the character of Walter was mostly inspired by the filmmaker, John Milius, uh, with uh, Lou Abernathy and Peter Exline kind of uh, mixed in with them. So a lot of like the stories that happen, um, kind of like real life. Things they're they're just like real about. life instant instances, and they just kind of like that's fun and Wove interesting them together into the same story. Yeah. So like some of the some of the stories from one person inspired Jeff's Jeff Lebowski's uh, yeah. stories, and then some one of the stories from another person inspired Walters. Cool. Uh, John Millius is a, a 
prolific writer. He wrote uh, an upcoming episode of ours, Red Dawn. Uh, so he's he's like a good, he's like a huge, like gun-toting kind gotcha. of more uh, right-leaning kind of guy. Uh, but uh, <laughs> the script is mostly inspired by the work of Raymond Chandler, who wrote noir detective novels with a core mystery involved. The brothers were also inspired by the film The Long Goodbye and The Big Sleep. Chandler was famous for the quote, the scene outranked the plot. So it was a plot of it's just like a normal mystery, but it's like it's what happens yeah. in there, all the characters you meet and everything. It's like a Seinfeld thing. Kinda, it's, right? yeah, like it's, it's not really about anything, it's, but it's awesome. Yeah, in between the lines kind of thing is cool. where where the story kind of shines, is what he's kind of saying. When the Coens were ready to go with the film, the primary cast were all busy doing other projects, so the Coens made Fargo, a little little movie called Fargo. Well, I don't known. Know if, has anybody ever heard of that? Little known package. Know. No. Um, John Goodman and Steve Buscemi roles were written for them in mind, but the Coens didn't know who was going to play Jeff Lebowski. Mel Gibson was originally considered for the on. role and didn't get it. He didn't get the script. Not <laughs> no, only did he get the, he, he didn't, didn't get the role. He's like, like he I don't know what to do. Here. I don't get it. <laughs> I don't get it. Also, like Wal- Walter's <laughs> Jewish, and I'm not. I'm not into that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah oh God. <laughs> That's oh what he said. God. I'm reading. No, I know. That's I, what he said. Direct it's quote. A, it's a great. Joke. It's on IMDb. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> I am, when Jeff Bridges came on, he got right. He got it right away, and even after meeting Obviously. the inspiration for the character, Jeff Dowd, he drew from his real life in the 60s and 70s and even brought some of his own wardrobe for the film. <laughs> he still owns a bunch of that, he doesn't he? still has it. He still has the jelly the shoes. Jellies. He's basically playing himself as a younger version yeah. of himself. Amazing. Um, and the, he, uh, the Coen brothers said the only direction we had to give him was, uh, am I high in this scene or not? And so he's and so if they said yes, he would go rub his eyes and then just do that's like the only direction they gave him. (laughs) Filming took place in Los Angeles, California for a total of eleven weeks. Big Lebowski was released on March sixth, nineteen ninety eight, making five point five million its opening weekend and eventually grossing eighteen million on its fifteen million dollar budget and has gone on to become a cult classic and inspire an entire religion. Fuck yeah. Sorry to steal your line. It's all good. No, I, I put that in there. Yeah. Everyone knows that. Yeah. Everyone knows. Are you guys dudisms? Fuck yeah, dude. Yeah, whatever. I'm a, I'm a priest. Nice. In the dudism. Where's your robe, dude? Well, you're right. It's a bathrobe. <laughs> it's, it's a, a bathrobe. Bath <laughs> all right, before we get into the full film review, AJ does some research. He reads, he studies, and he hooks us up with the ratings and reviews of critics and fans alike. Yeah. We're going to try it. I'm going to try to get through this one. Well, okay. we, we've got a new thing here. Let's try it. Are you ready for it? Are you it? ready? Yeah. Are you ready for I'm it? I'm ready. Because we're here for the, the Tomato Meter. Gross. <laughs> he did it. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, <laughs> you asked for it. <laughs> Did they? Uh, they, did, they did. I know we did. You, no, they did. They were waiting on. They probably fast forwarded to this moment <laughs> just to see if we did it, like we told them we would do. Hell yeah! Uh, well, the Big Lebowski ringing in on the tomato meter at certified fresh eighty three percent. Wow, that's uh, believe it or not eighty three. That is right below The Shining, right above Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. All right, for the movies we have done for Hell critical yeah. review. I, I feel like that's a pretty positive balance for the Big. <laughs> Lebowski. <laughs> you would say so. <laughs> um, audience score came in at ninety three percent. Nice, higher even than the than the critics. Uh, IMDb puts us at an eight point one, which is tied with Stand by Me 
in Jurassic Park. Oh, wow. Look at that. Top top five for wow. us so far. Damn. Let's see. We've got a couple. So I wanted to give the tidbit from the literally 100 out of 100 uh, from the Austin Chronicle. Marjorie Baumgarten. I think we've yeah, had oh, her yeah. on before. She's great. Yeah. Uh, it said, it's paved with delightfully irregular and unanticipated bits of business that stimulate the viewer to stay fully alert while renewing our faith in the sheer joy of just watching movies. Nice. That's like beautiful. That one. I think that was fun. Marjorie? Marjorie. Marjorie. Marge. Marriage. Uh, the Dallas Observer said, uh, gave it a 70 out of 100. It's neither the clean strike Cohen heads expected after Fargo, nor the gutter ball anticipated by Cohen phobes I like see. myself. I see what you're doing. <laughs> mm, I see. Um, I want to go ahead and jump over to uh, some tidbits that Roger Ebert gave this. The Ebs. The Ebs. Um, Ebs? At, at this Ebs. point, the Ebs. Raj Ebs. Raj Ebs. I mean, sorry. Sorry, Raj. Uh, okay. This is uh, a... <laughs> four stars is what, I, what it is now. I don't know if that was at the time or if this no, is a no, re- he, amended. He did three and a half right off the bat, and okay. then he, re- he amended he it amended to four. He amended it to four, yes. right? Okay. Four out of four. Cool. A couple of tidbits from this. I'm gonna, I, like, I like the beginning and the ends of what Raj usually brings to the table. The Big Lebowski is about an attitude, not a story. It's easy to miss that because the story is so urgently pursued. It involves kidnapping, ransom money, a porno king, a reclusive millionaire, a runaway girl, the Malibu police, a woman who paints while nude and strapped to an overhead harness, and the last act of the disagreement between Vietnam veterans and flower power. It has more scenes about bowling than anything else. (laughs) Some may complain the Big Lebowski rushes in all directions and never ends up anywhere. That isn't the film's flaw, but its style. The film is narrated by the stranger, Sam Elliott, Never more gloriously mustached. (laughs) It is he who observes at the end that the the dude abides and says he he hears that there's a little Lebowski on the way. The dude, however, is denied matrimony and indeed seems to have no women at all in his life except by lucky chance. Does that depress him? Is he concerned about this being chronically unemployed? No. If a man has a roof over his head... Fresh half and half for his white Russians, a little weed, and his bowling buddies. What more really does he need? Nice. Roger Ebert. I like, I like it. About, going, time, about time he got it right. About time he got something right. God. I like this one. This is uh, uh, for possibly the worst movie I've ever seen. <laughs> okay. But it was a four out of four ten. Out. So, so, <laughs> so it's... Which shouldn't be a zero. Yeah. <laughs> just, just want to throw that out there. Uh, this was in 2021. This is Chris Screenwriter. That's his, that must be his last name. Whoa. Screen, screenwriter. So he's, he's. We know where he's going in life. It's not. Uh, <laughs> finally watched it. What was all the hype about? Bridges did a good job. Except for that, what was the point? Four stars is generous. That that is the point. Is yeah, there, that there, is the no point. point. That is the point. Well, I wanted to go to the opposite end of the spectrum, and somebody called this the greatest bowling movie ever. <laughs> <laughs> what other bowling <laughs> movies are there? There's no other bowling. It's movie. like this and Kingpin. Kingpin and yeah. I, oh, damn, I didn't even think of Kingpin. It is, yeah. Wow, that's, that's a toss up. That's a toss up. Uh, this was in 2002. Maybe there's a time difference here. You know, the difference in, in the, the time this was written. But this film will always be remembered as one of the best comedies ever. It's so over the top, 
One has to wonder how the Coen brothers were able to fit in all the various storylines and plot elements into a neat 98-minute package. Nice. That's what he said about the best bowling movie ever. <laughs> Thanks. There's <laughs> no bowling in there. Thanks. Whatsoever. Last one. This is a one out of ten. It wasn't funny. It wasn't not funny. It wasn't much of anything, really, is what Bo Dye said. Certain movies you can sort of understand why they are cult classics. Other films, such as this one, seem to be funny and intelligent because someone said it was funny and intelligent, and therefore must be funny and intelligent. I suppose you could find deeper meaning in this, or perhaps the meaning was right there on the surface. But like many of the Coen Brothers films that I have watched, I either like them or I don't. The ones that I like usually have a strong story behind them. The ones that I don't seem to be more of a day-in-the-life sort, of, sort, of, sort of story about people who really don't seem to matter and about events that no one really cares about. Maybe there is some type of amusement in trivial matters, making bored college frat boys feel more intelligent than they really are, Mike. <laughs> Does it say that? Does it yeah, say Mike? It says, turn and look at your friend Mike. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But I need something deeper for intellectual stimulation. Mm. Oof. For my comedy, I don't need slapstick or pie-in-the-face humor to make me laugh. Cynicism, witty dialogue, sarcasm, commentary, and so on. Not one line, ra- not one line random events. Oof, that's hard to write there, buddy. Uh, that happen out of nowhere with no real context and then expected to be funny. That's what this movie is, though. It's a lot of that. Yeah. It's witty. It's like, so again, it's like this guy just is just missing the point. <laughs> yeah, of course. I, like, I get it though. Like this, that's, that's like one of the more like understandable low ratings yeah. that we've had just cause he's like, I don't like it. And here's why. Well, and that's everyone else to, is just like, I don't like it because ugh. it's dumb. Yeah. I, I, that's why I wanted to bring this one to the table for this movie because I there there were times in rewatching this that I was I like had this point of like what's the fucking point <laughs> you know what I mean but then that, there's other times I'm like that's that's funny this is really smart wow I I'm like catching so many things you know yeah. so I just think it'll be a nice precursor as we get into yeah that's it. an interesting one all right you guys we are seconds away from reviewing this movie scene by scene with oh, a yeah. modern eye but first we got to talk about Cedar Ridge our amazing sponsor please Cedar Ridge distillery was just named the number one selling bourbon in the state of Iowa for the second year in a row oof you know how much we drink in Iowa like that's all we have to do around here no oceans no mountains no like professional sports teams like all we do is just drink what are we in like a, a second this is third this spring? is a fake this is fake sp- false spring Spring three is what we're in right okay, now. Okay, Because yeah. it'll snow again in a couple weeks. Yeah. Correct. It's, so we, it's 60 some degrees right now. And it's going to snow literally tomorrow. So then yes. you, you kind of drink a bit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And whiskey is obviously clearly a drink of choice around the world. It's such a popular spirit. So huge news for Cedar Ridge and foolproof that whiskey distillery of Cedar Ridge is about to take the world by storm. Obviously, first Iowa, then the Midwest, world domination. Uh huh. So, I mean, like, that's why we're spreading the word of this amazing company. We want you to go out to a local store. We want you pick up a bottle. If your local distributor doesn't have it, you can order it online. CedarRidgeWhiskey.com uh, Bourbon being one of the most popular spirits in the world, you can't go wrong with the flagship bourbon. Mm-hmm. It's just so perfect in craft cocktails. If you're looking for more of a sipper, maybe a scotch guy, you go for that quintessential American single malt. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you want to live on the edge. Ooh, what? And you want to blend rye and bourbon together. No way. Because people uh. are shit. 
people, people equal, equal shit. shit. Sorry, god dang it. Fuck yeah, dude. Collaboration fuck with yeah. Slipknot. <laughs> they have a whiskey that they made specifically for Slipknot. That's some duality right there. <laughs> Go check it out. CedarRidgeWhiskey.com. Obviously, we think you're going to love it. Today, though, is the first time we have not consumed <laughs> Cedar Ridge whiskey. We are drinking, yeah. obviously, White Russians. You yes. have to with Big Lebowski. Uh, but an interesting fact for those out there, uh, Cedar Ridge also makes vodka. So we picked up some of their Bagger Vodka. Go to BaggerVodka.com if you want to check out some of that stuff. Maybe you're more of a vodka person. But that's how we're, that's how we're drinking our Caucasians today. So CedarRidgeWhiskey.com. 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 And vodka. <laughs> All right, boys, what do you say we do our best to keep bums who are completely out of their element from micturating on our rug, which, by the way, really tied the room together. It sure did. Before we can say, fuck it, let's go bowling and enjoy some Caucasians, we got to go find a young trophy wife who, in the parlance of our times, <laughs> and use the necessary means for the necessary means to get the job done, you yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah. Over the line! Here we go! <laughs> Cares of the past are behind. All right, the year is 1990. Jeffrey Lebowski, known as The Dude, returns home to his apartment where he's assaulted by two men looking for a different Jeffrey Lebowski. One man urinates on his rug. At the bowling alley, The Dude tells his friends Walter and Donnie about the incident. Convinced that he can be reimbursed for his rug, he visits the other Lebowski's mansion. The Dude is berated by Lebowski, but convinces Brandt that he can take any rug in the house. On the way out, he meets Lebowski's wife, Bunny. Immediately, Sam Elliott. Just uh, I could I could listen to Sam Elliott talk about anything. Read and, the read the Bible. Read the Bible, or you know, read uh, the phone book. Either, yeah, whatever. Uh, and watch a tumbleweed on camera. Like it's I'm already in. It's so perfect. It's it is. And the the mu- the the music right away. Listening to his voice. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it just like I mean this. That was the moment I walked in the college my college buddy's apartment, and I was mm. like, Yeah, I should probably. <laughs> I should see. I'll give it five more minutes. See if it gets any better. They set it up like it is really a saga, like a tale. And it's just like you are going to get locked into this. You you don't even know what you're in for. And then it just comes upon a guy in a dairy aisle. (laughs) Sometimes a man. Well, not a hero. Sometimes a man. Well... I guess you just gotta see. <laughs> how, and, and how do you how do you write something so brilliant that 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 dialogue so perfect that you're following it along, and you're like, uh huh, yeah, sometimes a man, uh huh, and then all of a sudden you're like, where's he going with this? And then he goes, ah, I lost my train. Of yeah. <laughs> so like, just like a tumbleweed, like just like watching a tumbleweed start a movie, I'll, and I'll get to like my uh, post amble later, but like. Like watching a, a, a tumbleweed on screen and listening to someone meander. Yeah. This what this movie like is telling you it's going to do from beginning. Yeah. You know, it's just gonna meander. That's a good point. And this yeah. Ugh. So 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 the dude writes a sixty nine cent check yeah. at Ralph's, okay? <laughs> he dates it September eleventh, nineteen ninety one. Yeah. So first of all, it's super weird that there's military talk from a president named Bush. George Bush. Talking about September and, and September 11th being written on a check. That yeah. is super weird. But Talking also about Saddam Hussein. Yes. 
But also, that interview took place on Sunday, August 5th, 1990, three days after the Iraqi army invaded Kuwait. So this is indicating that the dude is so broke that he post-dated a 69-cent check by over one year because he did <laughs> September 11th, 1991, God. and that date is August 5th, 1990. Oh, my God. And, and again, too, the guy goes, dude, and tomorrow's already, already the 10th. The 10th. Yeah. So, like, yeah. He's post dating checks yeah. by over a year <laughs> for six <laughs> months. Isn't that like? Did you say it's like illegal to have like a sixty nine? I cent? think like a, it, it's like under a dollar. It's like illegal to write. Yeah, a check you for, can't do that. It should be illegal to write a check for anything. I agree. With you. <laughs> I how do, how do they enforce thing. that though? I don't know. Like, just like, we just can't accept it, and we're calling the cops. Yeah, and no, I'm kidding. Like, what? <laughs> Uh, but such a great intro, too, because so you get through that, you get back to his apartment, then we establish this weirdness of, uh, you know, there's another Lebowski and what the hell yeah. is going on here. And then, it, like, if you thought the opening was great already, then we have the world's greatest intro, in my opinion. Yeah, I think so, too. The- I think it's cinematic. Mm. Be- I think it's p- cinematic perfection. And the bowling like, intro. Speaking of meandering, it's just like, what's the most kind of like hangout meandering sport there might be is just bowling just or like bowling. some sort of billiards, you know? Yeah. Um, it's it's really fun to watch the, like the slow motion. It's yes. like, and in slow motion, it's like, this is dramatic. We're making, <laughs> we're, we're making, making bowling the, we're making cool. the mundane dramatic is that's what Coen brothers yeah. do. That's what this, that's just how they tell stories. He's just absolutely somehow iconically normal Joe people yeah. are just going through and rolling rolling balls. Just rolling. Just rolling. It makes me want to bowl. <laughs> it it does. does. And Dude, they have the Jeremy, beers there. Like, Tell me when my stomach is in frame. That The shot where he goes... <laughs> That Sean, when he there, gets a strike, is amazing. There are three shots in particular. That one, the fat hand that yeah. goes over the air dryer, just this chubby, <laughs> small hand that's drying his hand, and then, then the moving backwards of the camera shot where each person r- hits the lane and bowls. Yes. Yeah, it's just absolute cinematic perfection. Some yeah. of them hit like not the lane first, you know, yeah, and I some know. of them like hit, like <laughs> toss it to the lane. I love I love the big the big guy too, where he's just like. Doing the split, yeah, <laughs> it's so good. I it, it just it automatically this movie just puts me in such a good mood. It does from from opening from yeah. opening scenes, yeah. And so like we get our inciting incident in like our MacGuffin, and I think hang on, let me see. Um, so the rug is really a Hitchcockian MacGuffin, and a MacGuffin is just a prop in a film that serves as a trigger for the plot, uh, and that's all you need. Yeah. And so, like most, this is a noir, right off the bat. Like it's it, this is a noir picture, gotcha. um, but that's what noir kind of kind of does. Uh, like film noir, um, they introduce like like a, a femme fatale and that that may be the MacGuffin or something like that or like a, a briefcase full of money and that's usually what it is in like, is that like uh, Pulp Fiction kind of that's sorta. that's the MacGuffin yeah, in, okay. in Pulp Fiction the MacGuffin in like Psycho is the money for uh, Marion uh, there it is get it <laughs> he's getting he's getting over I'm, get, I'm getting hyped uh, <laughs> for Marion Crane and Psycho it's the money um, so that's like the inciting this like, rug really isn't important but yet it's the whole catalyst exactly. of the plot yeah. right yeah yeah Cause like who cares, but but if those dudes had not broken into his apartment and done this, 
there's no there's no story. There's exactly. no movie at that point. And having having mistaken identity too. Yeah, yeah. that's a really fun plot uh, device that I really like in movies. Yeah, <laughs> looks like a fucking deadbeat to me. <laughs> Obviously, you're not a golfer. <laughs> what the hell is this? <laughs> and, and right away, dude, like you're so so you're you're meeting the dude and you're just automatically already getting this like such a nonchalant attitude the way he just waltzes into his house and the way he just makes a joke when two guys are might kill him and he's <laughs> yeah, just he like i know. don't know <laughs> and the way he just sits on the toilet and puts his glasses back on yeah i mean you're automatic that toilet seat's so gross by the way <laughs> oh my god when it yeah. comes down it's so it's nasty. like the color of the whole toilet puts me off <laughs> well there's so many like little little things that he's like He's like like the golf. Obviously, you're not a golfer, and he drops it and he breaks the tile. And then like married, he's like, "Do you see a wedding ring, man?" And he holds up the wrong hand. <laughs> I didn't notice that. <laughs> so funny. The fucking toilet seats up. Toilet man. seats up, man. I, and I love how those fucking thugs they leave. They're like, "Thanks a lot, asshole." Thanks a lot, like, asshole. Like, you dick. You hey, did this. at least I'm housebroken. <laughs> hey, not on the rug, man. Oh. Um, yeah, I. I got to say, introducing his friends, Donnie right and off Walter, the John Goodman, his greatest performance of all time, in my opinion, uh, I think he should have gotten an Oscar. No, no, nobody got nominated for anything in this I movie. Don't I think don't think so. Think I, in my research, it didn't come up, but like, it is insane to me how yeah. just such a tornado of a performance like uh, John Goodman as Walter yeah. is not the caliber of Oscar, I guess. Right. You know, we've had an episode where that doesn't really fucking matter, but in our canon, he deserved a fucking it's, Oscar for this I get role. it. It's sort of like, oh, it's kind of crude and like, oh, you know, you, you can look at his characters and be like, oh, fuck that guy. But like, to play that role is just incredible. And there is some arc to it, which I'm sure we're going to get to later. But yeah, I, I completely agree with you. It's, I think all three of them, when they're together on the screen, is just unbelievable yeah and how how perfectly timed all of their dialogue and their characters uh roles are mm -hmm. and i mean shut the fuck up donnie is just yeah. it, it gets funnier and funnier completely throughout the movie because it gets so it gets so much more like you get used to it like donnie you know like as an audience member you're like <laughs> yeah fuck you donnie like shut up dude what, you what's your point walter <laughs> my point no i'm not you you, you, the, the point here is unchecked un aggression. aggression, dude. <laughs> well, I did. I did read a theory. There, there are there are some fan theories on this movie. None of them, which I really think are like too exciting. But one is that those three people represent different ways of watching this movie. Mm. Like the the Walter is the just very overly aggressive, just at like like oh what the hell's going on here? And, and the dude's just kind of the like yeah you're, I'm just here to enjoy it. Where Donnie's the the character that's just like I don't know what's going on. Yeah, yeah. what's what, happening? What is wait? Hold on, wait. There. Okay, wait. What? Because it, it is kind of the first time you watch this movie. You're sort of Donnie. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. Exactly. I don't know what's happening. Hey, wait. Hey, this guy's name is Lobowski too. That's, That's your, your name, name, dude. dude. <laughs> Donnie, please. I like how he's. I like how he's drinking a slice. Yeah, he's always drinking pop. <laughs> no, no, like alcohol for Donnie. Just drinking slice, probably because of his heart condition. Yeah. <laughs> as we find out later. Did, did you though? I mean, let's let's get it out of the way real quick. The one that I did write down is there's a theory that Donnie's actually a serial killer. Oh. 
so on the face of it, Donnie's completely harmless, right? He's 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 physically weak. He's not very smart. Okay. But that like that type of character could have a very dark side. He doesn't have any friends and family. Obviously, when he dies, no one's there to talk to him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's possible Danny could be a silly serial killer. Um, he has a whole bunch of bowling shirts throughout the movie. Yes. None of them have his name on. That's it. true. They are all yes. different names. Wow. So are these the people that he's killed? Like he kills bowlers, right? Mm. And then steals their shit, like as a souvenir. I, I don't know. Maybe he was moved into murder by the constant insults that like Walter. <laughs> like maybe he's gonna murder Walter someday. Maybe he's just his next victim. I'm just I'm just throwing hey. it out there. If you post this on TikTok, you're TikTok's probably going to take it down. They took down, uh, they flagged me uh, something from Tommy Boy. It was like, oh, it was like the um, when Tommy go- Boy goes, uh, the rotary girder, uh, I'm retarded. Uh, that's, hate, that's hate speech. Uh, and we got our account almost got taken down. For of that. course. So wow. just letting you know. <laughs> yeah. uh, so he goes to uh, the actual Lebowski's house yes. and we get our pish. Who could is, also have gotten an Oscar for this performance? Is this is this Philip Seymour Hoffman's greatest role? It's it's up there, like it's maybe, up there. Maybe greatest comedic because there's a Long Came Polly too. Yeah. He's so good in, but like it's these roles that he is just he's so in the pocket on. Yeah, and that's um, a great term. It, it just he fits, he fits so right well, in. and he just he's like the glue of these scenes that he is in, it, whether it be this or Long yeah. Came Polly or whatever it is, right? And David Cross was also up for this role. Oh, wow. And he, he was going to be Brant. Um, and so when he found out Philip Seymour Hoffman got it, he was like, he was bummed. He was like, fuck. He's like, I could have done it. He's like, I could have done that. And then he saw Philip Seymour Hoffman's <laughs> performance and he's like, I couldn't have done that. <laughs> no, no one could have. I could not. I could not have done that. His some of the some of the lines right off the bat when when he laughs at Bunny when Bunny's like a sucker cock. <laughs> it's when his nostrils <laughs> flaring yeah. in and out. I rewound that like ten that's times. Marvelous. That's, that, marvelous. Uh, that's marvelous. Ah, <laughs> that's marvelous. <laughs> <laughs> necessary means for necessary means for a, a, a higher education. So I was thinking about that. That's always bothered me. The, the double necessary means. And I was thinking about it. I'm like, I gotta, I gotta really analyze this. Yeah. But like, why did that? Well, that was probably in the script. Yeah, I'm assuming. Yeah, maybe. So what I'm thinking is that millionaire Lebowski is clearly he's clearly a piece of shit. Yeah. He's a very vain man. You know that he makes Brant like do this to every visitor that comes to their house. Oh, like, like yeah. Hey, I'm going to wait in the other room. You take them through this room. You show them all the things. And I want you to say exactly these things. Oh, and I want oh, you to, I want this to be scripted in exactly how you say this. And I think he was like, Oh, what a necessary means for the necessary means for the, you know, yeah, like, okay. That, that's my theory. On I that. like that a lot. <laughs> I think that's a good theory on that. I, I love it because I, I think the dude is breaking his concentration on saying that script yeah. very heavily. Can, oh, can yeah. you, please not touch that. Please, please not touch. And my favorite is excuse like, me. that shoe that, excuse me, excuse me, please. And then he goes back into his spiel. And then one more time, he just kind of swipes his finger. <laughs> He's like, uh. <laughs> tell you the truth, I didn't really pay attention in school, Brent. Uh, smoke a lot of pie sticks. That's with the ROTC. <laughs> B- bold. Uh, bowling. bowling. <laughs> Such a great scene. His, yeah. his reaction to, to Bunny's, I'll suck your cock for $1,000, is like, might be like, so like the best fuck you in yeah. cinema history, as we've said, is Kevin Bacon and Tremors. This might be the best, like, I don't know how you describe his reaction, but maybe the best reaction to, 
to like an outstanding line. I'm I guess. telling you, it's, <laughs> it's for, for, for so anyone good. listening, go yeah. watch that again and just focus on his nostrils <laughs> when he does that laugh. It's yeah. unbelievable. Oh gosh. The dude is, he's like blow. And he's just like, that's that. <laughs> you want me to uh, blow on your blow tongue? on your tongue? I can't blow that far. <laughs> uh, and like, say what you want about Tara Reid, because I mean, she's not been great in uh, her acting skills, but like, it fits really well. In the, like, yeah. I, it, she does very well in what this role is. I she think. really does. Yeah, <laughs> better at, than American Pie. Yeah, and yeah. at the time, I mean, like, you can definitely see her being this millionaire's yeah. kind of crux. I guess. Yeah. You know? yeah. I like that he comes out of that at that conversation with the big Lebowski and he just says, he just walks out and he's still yelling after him because <laughs> you can tell that, that the big Lebowski is, he just has to give his opinion on every single thing. And he is always right. And he just, and then like when the dude's just like, ah, fuck it. Oh, fuck yeah. it. Yeah. Everything. It's like my wife. It's like, <laughs> When she learns to live on her allowance, which, which is, is ample, ample. <laughs> <laughs> which is ample. <laughs> do you think, so that brings something up though. Do you think he's the big Lebowski? Oh yeah, he is. Do, do you think so though? Yeah. I think he's the big Lebowski. What about Maude? Is Maude the big Lebowski? Because ah. she's actually smart in charge, does well for herself. Yeah. Turns ah. out, it turns out millionaire Lebowski's really not that good of a guy and really not actually has any money. Yeah, it's true. I mean, I know like technically that that's an interesting theory, but like technically the, they base it off of like the big sleep. Okay. It's gotcha. like the, what they took a lot from that movie because it's a noir and everything like that. But yeah, I like that. Okay. That could be fun. When he walks out and he's like, pretty good. <laughs> Just told me to take whatever rug in the house I and, wanted. And even that Brant's like hustling down the hall. Yeah. He's walking as fast as he can down the hallway. <laughs> All right, Mr. Lebowski. <laughs> And he's scary. And uh, then it's cool because Brant changes. Brant then starts calling him dude from there on yeah, out. That's true. Yeah. He's one of the only people not in his friend group that refers to Lebowski as dude. Yeah. A lot There's of other people are like, Mr. yeah, Lebowski, Jeffrey. Like, yeah. But but Brant wants to be friends with him really <laughs> bad from here on out. He, Hope he, to see you again sometime, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's move us on. So a during a league game at the bowling alley, Walter has a confrontation with another bowler. While at his apartment after being reminded about his upcoming rent due date, he is called back to visit Lebowski. At the mansion, they tell the dude that Bunny's been kidnapped and they want the dude to be the courier. He leaves and awaits instructions. After another game of bowling and meeting Jesus, the dude returns to his apartment and is assaulted <laughs> Again, he goes through a dream sequence and wakes up to a missing rug and his beeper going off. Answering the page, dude returns to the Lebowski's mansion where Brant gives him a phone and a briefcase of money to go do the exchange for Bunny. All right, way to go, Donnie. Because <laughs> it's from Donnie. way in the background. I don't know why. I think only John Goodman could have delivered that line with that much power. Well, and as much as he tells him <laughs> to shut the fuck up, like uh, throughout the movie, you can tell, yeah. like especially towards the end, he's like, "No, no, Donnie, these men are cowards." You know, he's yes, kind of protecting him. Yeah. He, he really does care about him, and he wants Donnie to bowl. Yeah, so he's pretty yeah, excited. That's good. That's that's true. <laughs> he may just be using him, and not not to jump too far ahead of the conversation, but it is one of those things is like oh, oh they put they put they posted the the bowling the the tournament time Johnny, shut the fuck Johnny, shut the fuck when do we when, play when do we play, <laughs> <laughs> when do we play? <laughs> all right move on i'm sorry uh over the line smoky the like you you 
saw like the the fabric of this character when he was first introduced. Yes. Like he's big and loud, but you never expected him to do this. I don't think. And he was in a really great mood when he arrived. He, right. just seconds ago. Yeah. He's like, oh yeah, I got the. Po- it's a. Po- I think it's a pomeranian. I think it's pomeranian. Yeah. He's in a great mood. You brought your wife's fucking dog to bowl. I didn't uh, buy it fucking <laughs> shoes. <laughs> I'm taking your fucking turn. It's just really great. It's like, I technically, yeah, I didn't bring it bowling. It's just here with us. It's just here. <laughs> but throughout this movie, they there is a lot of repetition of lines there is, yeah, in yeah. this movie, but they come from different characters. It's like the dude, when he hears... Um, it, earlier on when he hears George Bush saying, you know, this aggression will yeah. not stand. And then he says that to uh, Blabowski. Yeah. He says, it, you know, uh, and it, it keeps happening with characters and even characters that don't even meet. Yeah. You know, there's a ton of lines that are get regurgitated throughout this. And it's it's very comical, actually. I'm glad you said that because I, I never noticed that the thousands of times I watched this movie until yeah. this rewatch, like especially the dude. Yeah. He, he takes he likes lines that people say or like little little sayings that people have. Yeah. He puts them in his own life and like starts to tell them to other people. I'm right. like, oh shit, I've never noticed that. It's really, really interesting. Yeah. And it's really well done because it's very subtle. Yeah. The cops show up after this altercation. Yeah. I couldn't actually find any evidence of this, but I know I've read this before <clears throat> that apparently this is a huge knock from the Coen brothers on the LAPD. Is because think about it, he just arrived. Yeah. So they're gonna go through at least three games of bowling. Right. They're gonna be there for at least an hour. They didn't just leave after Smokey was over the line. They right. bowled and they won their league game. So then the cops show up like at least an hour later, go running in because there was a firearm <laughs> drawn. <laughs> and you don't notice it the way the movie's put together because oh, they God. that scene happens and he goes, sorry. Yeah, this is a nom, there are rules, and then they yeah. and then they come walking out, but they bold yeah. at least for an hour in between those two scenes. That's true. <laughs> Think about that. Gosh, I, I heard it's just a major knock from the Coen Brothers against the LAPD. That's what I heard. Smoke. This is not nom. This is bowling. There are rules. <laughs> yeah, but it wasn't over. <laughs> well, it wasn't over. It's like I love it when he's walking That's out. He's like fucking crazy. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, damn it, Walter. He's, these guys are like me. They're they're pacifists, man. Smoke was a conscientious <laughs> objector. He was a conscientious I, objector I in the war. <laughs> <laughs> he pulled a gun on him. Oh my gosh, dude. That is that is another like one of those like little lines that you just catch. That is just like wow. <laughs> I can't. I can't can't imagine how many times that actor just gets yelled that at him. Oh, god. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> I mean, think about it. <laughs> just probably nonstop. But if also, sees him. maybe one of the mo- the the most uh, quotable lines for me in the movie is "Market Eight, dude." Yeah, you know, <laughs> Market Eight, dude. Yeah. Market Eight. I think we've. I think. That's been that's floated around oh, yeah. in our conversations oh, yeah. and, and threads and everything. Like if totally. we if we all agree on one thing, like yeah. totally, like a punchable phase or something like that, maybe <laughs> we could bring that up right now and just be like, oh yeah, we market all agree, eight. market. We eight. all agree, market eight, dude. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm going to pull out the prop card. Okay. Uh, and I'm first, but I believe we need a prop soundbite. People are into these sound bites we've been making. <laughs> okay. So, so how, what would that sound like? Would it be just like? What prop are you going to take? Yeah. Ooh. Ooh, here's a nice Ooh. prop. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I, I, is, there an audible, it is there an audible sound for like the Nike swoosh? Like, <laughs> Actually, you're going to make it. You do the ooh. I'll say here's a cool prop, and you just make a Nike swoosh sound. Okay, cool. Okay, ready? Ooh. Here's a prop. <laughs> See? There it is. 
right. I know I had to jump in on this because I know this is your prop. God damn. I want the Richard Nixon poster while he's, bowl- oh. while he's bowling in the background. I want the photo of Richard Nixon bowling in the Man. background that the dude clearly loves. He's making his white Russian. He's just like, mm-hmm. yeah. staring up. Which at is it. actually kind of funny because his generation would have hated Richard Nixon. Yeah, you would think. Well, that's a good point. Which just goes to show you more about the dude. The dude doesn't give a fuck. He's just like, I really like it because he bowls. Because he's think, bowling. I think, yeah, either that or he's just like, it's funny. Because yeah, I, I hate that, that dude, but he's doing my favorite activity. <laughs> exactly. And, well, and that's a real picture. Oh, yeah. Of, of Richard Nixon bowling in the, in the White House, the White House bowling added, alley oh, underneath wow. that he, White he House. He was the one that added the bowling yeah, alley. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, gotcha. Nice. So, yeah. That, what I, props you going? Which, all right. So, I'm going to, I'm going to, you can tell me no all you want, but I'm going to just be rattling this off the entire time. There is no way I'm going to pick one thing from this movie. No, you have to. Nope. Too bad. Uh, tell Sean, tell him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm picking one thing, and I'm hoping it's not. I'm just. Well, I'm then just Sean gets here. to go first. You can Sean, go pick first. your thing. You, it's the fucking going. rug, you idiots. <laughs> <laughs> you Which rug? Police. Which one? Yeah, Which rug? The, the first one. I the want piss the piss one. one. You yeah. want the piss rug? I want the mitterated one. <laughs> do we ever see. What does he do with that rug? Does that get thrown away? That's true. We don't know. <laughs> we actually don't know. Yeah, we don't know. Post mitteration, I want that rug. <laughs> that, that rug really tied the room together. Did, Did it not? Fucking A. All right, go ahead and pick one of your props. Okay. You can only pick one, and then you can mention it later. If you want more, any bowling shirt yeah. possible. Which one? Okay. Uh, the one it's uh, Donnie at, at is the wearing end. one. Uh, it says art on it. Yeah. I think that's yeah. the one that he's wearing at the end. But there's also it's just like like a, a milling company or it's something. Yes, yeah, so it's like RG Mill or something. Yeah, seeds. like that kind of stuff. Okay. Um, his Walkman, yeah, with the tape. That was with the bowling tape. That was my first thought because it's like a cool. It looks like a fucking like a you like a Swiss Army knife that I used to have. Yeah, I don't know why. My secondary one. I did write a secondary one. I'm not. I'm not going to claim that I want them all. But if you had picked the poster, I want the Jackie Treehorn drawing. Oh yeah, with the guy with the dick. That's what I want. I would frame that shit. We put it by the cast, dude. Oh man. or Walter's shoes that he wears out of the bowling alley. <laughs> His bowling <laughs> shoes. He wears this bowling shoes out. He does. <laughs> God about that. There, there's another Brant moment that that I'd never noticed till just recently. Yeah. When when he gets called back to to Big Lebowski's place and he's sitting by the fire, strong man also also cry. <laughs> uh, Brant Brant's standing there and he says, "Brant, we'll give you instructions." And Brant walks over and gives something to the dude, and then he he stands with his arms really weird like at the tension, like he's a soldier <laughs> being barked orders at. I'm highly doubting that was in like the direction of what he was supposed to do. <laughs> yeah. At least I, I'd like to believe that that he did, Philip Seymour Hoffman is just like, yeah, I'm just gonna. <laughs> he, he he had to have come to them with that. I think. I don't think he, he had could to. have. Been, I don't know how you can direct somebody to be like, we want you to be rigid, but kind of this way, like. I, no, like Philip Seymour Hoffman had to have done that in had my to. mind. I I, I would love to hear otherwise or like how it actually went down. Yes. But that's that's how I'm going to. This another is going to live another now. great moment from him too. Where in that same scene where uh, he's like feeling uh, Jeff Lebowski's pain, the wheelchair bound yeah. Lebowski, <laughs> um, feeling his pain. He's like, <laughs> and he's like, Brant will feel you on the. He's like, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> 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 it's called to attention. You mind, if, you mind if I smoke a J? <laughs> Do, do, do it, Jay, right? Do, do it, Jay. You you do it, Jay. I fucking love We have bunny. 
please deliver a million or whatever, <laughs> however many. It takes so long to read that. <laughs> no funny stuff. This is, uh, a, this is a bummer, man. Yeah, this, is this is a bummer. bummer man. <laughs> it's, a, it's a bummer. That and a pair of testicles. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> I love this. So this is such a deep cut. Like, I don't understand. When I was a kid, I saw this. And I saw this before I actually saw The Big Lebowski. But if you ever watched the cartoon, is The Powerpuff Girls. Hell yeah. They made a reference, and there was the the mayor of the city that they live in. Uh, it, they go in, and his secretary gets kidnapped. And they remake this scene no, really with the mayor. With and the he's, like, and- he's like, what makes a man? <laughs> and he's just like... <laughs> Bellum, because their name was Bellum right. instead of Bunny, and he's it's like, the light of my life. and he's like, he's like, strong men also cry, strong men also That's cry, great, dude. and I was like, what? I was like, did they make the? Did this happen yeah. sometime before? Was this before Lebowski? Then I'm just wow. like, I don't, I don't know. I'm like, why would they cut this into right. a child's <laughs> cartoon? Yeah. And but it was it was fucking phenomenal. That's awesome. I do yeah. like the guy that plays Big Lebowski though. Uh, oh like yeah, the way he's strong men also cry. <laughs> I mean, that's, yeah. it's a really good delivery of that line. But I think it's David Huddleston. Yeah, David, yeah. Name this this whole this whole thing though. What's what I think is so brilliant about like this scene, and I'm sure a lot of other scenes, but this one in particular, is the fact that somehow it's like. <laughs> very patronizing of his like sadness yeah. the whole time is like this music that's he's got playing it over him <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's like the the roaring fire the dark room and then you just have the dude who's just like unfazed <laughs> he's just like it's it is it's just this very like i guess i you didn't expect this like Come on, young trophy wife. He gets forced into the dude's just so nonchalant that any normal person that this had happened to and gotten to this point they'd be like Fuck you. I yeah. don't care. I'm just going to buy a new rug. Dude. Yeah. 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 <laughs> dude, he already had the rug at this point. He sure did. So he, so he, any normal person would have been <laughs> like, I fuck assure that. you, this is not about the rug. <laughs> <laughs> Call me. It's Brad. <laughs> Call me. It's Brad. This is not about the rug. But seriously. How much did I give you for the exchange? 20 grand, man. Yeah, yeah, man. All you got to do is just drop out the money. I and they gave me a beeper. Yeah, he, 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 well, like in that he scene. He pulls out his pants, but then clips it to his shirt. In that scene, so he's like, yeah, she probably just kidnapped herself. And like, you can see on Walter's face yes. the yes. change. And he's yes. like, wait, what? He's like, and then he makes it about right. himself. He's yes. like, this cannot, I cannot let this go. My fr- my buddies did not die face down in the mud. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> he's like, Nobody. what are you talking about? He's like, is it, that's what's fu- this that's to do with the war, man? man? That's fucking interesting. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, that's fucking interesting. He's got a cigarette burn on his t-shirt. <laughs> it's amazing. But you skip over. I am the walrus. <laughs> I am the walrus. I am the walrus. <laughs> you. St- I am the walrus. <laughs> I was waiting for that. Who's a, who's a walrus? <laughs> Vladimir Ilyich Ulyanov. Oh. <laughs> Lenin he, said. I yeah, because. But I used to think. I used to think that Donnie was correct in this, and that Walter was just being a dick. But like Walter was actually correct. Donnie was. Thinking it was Beatles Lennon. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. So fucking weird. So I thought I thought they were just being mean to Donnie, but no, like fucking Donnie, you're like a child who wanders in the middle of a movie. Right. So you have no frame of reference here, Donnie. You're out of your element. But you uh you missed the greatest montage of all time leading into this scene. John Taturo in in any Cohen Brother movie really steals 
almost the movie. Almost steals yeah. the movie. You mentioned the hand yep. over the yep. little vent thing. His fucking the nail, fingernail, giant coke nail. It is amazing. Dude. And he thrusts. He slowly thrusts while he's holding the ball <laughs> yeah. and then licks it. I mean, it's unbelievable. Did you know? You know what I did notice this time? Jesus is the only person that Walter does not stand up to. It's true, but but like I think I think it's like a um, like a if like a confidence thing. Okay, like because I can see yeah. him just like kind of. Like, I love when he just sits there and just stares yeah. at him. It's it's the most it's the most the best move you could do to a person like that. You okay. know, it's just okay. like just not I see talk and let them be them. Like you you think you said it on the on the show before? It's like you just let them talk and they reveal themselves. Yeah, you know, because uh, he does. I think that's what he's doing. You know, and then <laughs> but the, but the best thing because dude has to replies it. You know. Uh, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. <laughs> your opinion, man. <laughs> I say that like every day on our TikTok channel when people are like, no, fuck you, you're wrong. Like, that's just like your opinion, man. Yeah. That's, just, that's just you. Just like- stick that fucking gun up your ass and pull the trigger till it goes click. click. Liam and me. Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> you said it, man. You said it, man. Nobody fucks with the Jesus. <laughs> and then as he leaves, the only thing Walter says is like, Eight-year-olds. Eight-year-olds. <laughs> no, seriously, he, he's, he's the better ass. The better ass. He had to go door to door, telling yeah, people he was LA better County. Ass. <laughs> you, did you see the giant bulge in yeah, that yeah. scene too? I never noticed. Yeah. It was made out of bird seed. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they just took like a bag and put it full of bird seed. Uh, the, the, his face when he opens when that biker dude opens the bar. <laughs> oh my god! What's up, Petter? Shut the fuck up! Shut Donnie. the fuck up, Donnie. <laughs> There's so much of that character that was, in fact, just John Turturro. Yeah. The nail, the hairnet, the dance, Being the lick. Being a better ass. Was it? I'm just kidding. I don't, I'm kidding. I don't think that was. <laughs> but he, he applied so much to that character, though. The, the dance he does after he gets the, the strike. Dance, and he points at Liam. <laughs> and he grabs his foot. And he's just like. <laughs> yeah. Dude, and the and the the Spanish Eagles Hotel California. Oh my God! Yeah. So subtle, so brilliant, so, so subtle and so brilliant. Exactly <laughs> right. And it's implied that the majority of this movie, that the music that's happening is being played in the scene. Yeah, it's kind of implied. In fact, yeah. okay, so yeah. when he's laying on the rug, yep. counting, oh, I'm assuming he's guessing how many pins are getting hit. Are you? Or do you feel that way? Like oh. he's sitting there and he's put. He, he'll like put fingers in the air after a, he'll go like eight. Oh, okay, yeah. I'm, I, I never thought about that. I'm guessing he's thinking. They zoom in on the tape. It says like the 1986 yeah, Bowling yeah. James. And then it says side B Bob. Bob. It just says Bob. So then when he gets punched, it goes into the man in me. Oh. And when it when he comes out of that sequence, it fades to like a like it's coming out of his headphones. Yeah. Yes. So That's he was cool. he was just listening. It changed to side B while he was passed out. And the the song was just playing in his headphones. Yeah. I dig that. So that's cool. So speaking of like the bowling tape and like the dude being a bowler, we never see him bowl. Not once. There's wow. only one instance of his, like slightly resembling him bowling. Well, it's in the dream, and it's in the dream. He's sequence. making a mo- a movement, but that's it. That's it. We never see him bowl in this entire movie. Walter only Fucking bowls once. Never yeah. thought about that. And Donnie Donnie goes up three different times. And gets strikes twice, yeah. and then he misses on the last one. Are we assuming that Donnie bowls a perfect game every single game? I think we are. We have to assume this, right? Yeah, yeah. Because he misses one pin, and it's like... And it's literally the end of his life. So we're we're assuming Donnie's the best bowler that has ever lived. Yeah. Right. 
Okay, I just want to make sure. Well, yeah, but he. <laughs> I I like to think that he is the best bowler on their team. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I like to think that he is. Well, because and that's like why they keep him around. Whoa! <laughs> you guys are in trouble. I'm throwing rocks tonight. <laughs> Mark it, dude. Mark it, dude. <laughs> I fucking like because bowling is ninety five percent drinking and smoking when you could and and bullshitting yeah. about rugs yeah and then the other five percent is bowling that's all it is <laughs> yeah which is which is we ample. Should actually which go, is ample we should actually go bowling i would we like should, to dude. jeremy can you film us uh confused breakfast goes bowling we'll make a youtube video i will but i'm gonna kick all the <laughs> <laughs> he's a donny of the you're, donny. you're also seven feet tall so shut the fuck up jeremy <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy, please. Joke Give it to him. <laughs> Jeremy, please. Jeremy, please. All right, you want to move this on? Let's do it. All right, so the dude picks up Walter, and the handoff goes terribly wrong with Walter giving an empty briefcase to the kidnappers instead of the real one. They go back to the bowling alley, but when they come out, dude's car was stolen with the briefcase inside. The dude goes home and meets the police to file a, a report. While speaking to them, he is called to visit Maude Lebowski, the woman who stole his rug. The dude visits her studio and offered 10% finder's fee to recover the stolen briefcase. When he returns to his apartment, he's kidnapped by Lebowski and Brant, and they explain that Bunny's kidnappers never got the money and show him a toe of bunnies that was cut off after an unconvincing talk with Walter. The dude is ambushed by the kidnappers in his apartment. I love how Walter just gets on something and can't see anything else. Nothing but beyond his own bullshit. Yes. And just goes full bore into it, you know? And then he, he literally like, I don't know why the dude like had him come along in the first place. Because as soon as he like came out with a with a duffel bag and like whatever he thought was under his shoulder, I would be like, no, we're we're not doing this. This is a simple, a simple. Just I'm gonna toss it and I'm fucking golden and the money's mine. And then I have no problems after this. And he lets him get in the driver's seat. Scoot over, dude. Yeah. Like like, here, take the ringer. He's he's like the ringer. What the hell are you talking about? My dirty undies, man. The the dirty undies, dude. The whites. The whites. <laughs> he takes great the ringer pleasure. Can, the that. ringer can't look empty, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, because they're thinking as they show up, they're thinking there's going to be a meet-up handoff. Yeah. Yeah. But then it's like, no, we just got to throw it out of the car. <laughs> so I guess in that <laughs> case, you kind of would want backup, and you would probably want Walter. Yes. But, yeah, <laughs> but, but the funny thing is, is that when they find out that there's not a handoff, Walter's like, well, we can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> It doesn't go along like, with our plan. No, that like, no, it doesn't work. Dude. It doesn't, doesn't yeah. work for us. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. So the, yeah. So then you didn't they, think I was rolling out of your naked, did you? <laughs> Uzi. Uzi. Fuck it, dude. Let's go bowling. He says that multiple times. Yeah. It's fuck it, dude. It's the best part about when he says fuck it, dude. Let's go bowling. Is it's the wrong thing, but the dude goes all right. Like every time he says "fuck it, dude, let's go bowling," they go bowling. Yeah, yeah. Immediately after, it's it's such a funny shot. It's like a crane shot of of the the phone ringing, and he's just sitting there, just like dejected, and, and Walter's like puffing a cigarette, like just doing his zen thing as he's bowling, and like like throws the ball or whatever. He's like, "What are we gonna do about this?" He's like, "Ah, she'll get over her own game and come back and shit." What do you, What are you talking about? He's like, "What do you mean? What am I talking about, Walter?" What, what do you mean what I'm talking about? The girl, man. Uh, oh, yeah. Are you still learning about that? Because <laughs> <laughs> Walter was so serious about it, and now yeah. he doesn't give a fuck. Like, yeah. They're going to kill the poor woman. <laughs> I love, I love how when uh, the dude finally gets fed up and like, oh, fuck it. He walks away or whatever. He, he turns to Don. He's like, 
fucking baby. Because <laughs> when it's not going good between Walter and dude, then Donnie, like Walter needs someone. So yeah, it, yeah. it becomes Donnie at that moment. <laughs> 100%. Oh, man. So, yeah, they, the car's been stolen. He walks away. Phone's ringing, dude. <laughs> Phone's ringing, dude. Thank you, Donnie. <laughs> they, they cut to the cops sitting there. And the dude, I had, I, it took me forever to notice that he, that cop picks up the the bowling pin weed. Yeah, it's just it's no, like a little bowling pin. Right. That could have been and, a prop. And too, then man. he starts. Oh, oh my god! Yeah, and yeah, he looks at it and I he just it. he just turns it upside down. And then he starts looking at the tray and he's like yeah. picking up weed scrappings from it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> those cops, I love those cops. I do too. Especially when he's like, oh, there's the one. Guess we can close the case on that one. <laughs> <laughs> or the credence. <laughs> oh, hold, hold out much hope for the tape for deck. The tape deck. Or, or the, the credence. Or the credence. <laughs> oh my god! And when he's like, oh, and they took my briefcase. So they're like, oh, uh, what, what was in it? Uh, papers, uh, important papers. Important papers. Well, what for, for my business? Well, what do you do? I'm unemployed. <laughs> <laughs> unemployed. <laughs> so, and he's just so, dude. He's the cop is picking up his weed paraphernalia, and he's just like. Reclining in the chair. <laughs> I love how it, it cuts from like your phone's ringing, dude. Thank you, Donnie. It's still ringing it's into, still the ringing into the next scene. <laughs> Brilliant. <It's> so good. <laughs> oh my god. So, what do you think about Julianne Moore as Maud? Okay, so I love her. I love Julianne Moore in anything, pretty much. But I like if I have your rug. And so that gets him to come over pretty much. And I'm the one who stole your rock. Like, <laughs> wouldn't you want to give somebody a little bit of notice if you're going to be like an acrobatic paint wielding no. thing going no. on? She's perfectly playing the yuppie of Hollywood. Yeah. Like oh, yeah. so perfectly. <laughs> and very proud we are of all of them. <laughs> I, I love, I love cause like she, she's hitting that line of like, you hate her. Yeah. As an as as the role she's playing, yeah. and that is like a telltale sign of how fucking good someone is. Oh yeah, because like, but and her lines are perfectly spoke. Like that's They're, a lot of words that is. she is saying, and she's saying them so perfectly. It's just amazing. And, and that whole scene, <laughs> you'll never guess what happens next. <laughs> he fixes the cable. <laughs> I mean, that, their their interaction story is appalling. <laughs> The beaver picture. <laughs> the beaver picture. The, I, I really, the more I watch this movie, the more I love her and her character. She's really, like, all, everything about her look, too, like, yeah. just the hair. Yes. Is, like, so, I mean, she's obviously playing, like, a, a staunch feminist, which is, yes. like, great. Yeah. But, like, even just saying, like, even the word itself turns some men off, like, vagina. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh, you mean coitus? <laughs> so he repeats it back to exactly. her. And another one is when is when she's like, but they have no problem reply, re referring to their dick or their uh, wag rod, rod, rod or their Johnson. Johnson. Yeah, and then later on, Johnson. Well, also cut up, come back and cut off your Johnson again. Exactly, and it's like All there the it is. Like, People it that didn't so even much. interact are Correct. saying the same lines. Oh, right. it's so weird, man. It it's cool. great. It's great. It's just it's so strange. <laughs> There's another. Um, First of all, the ride in the limo when when the guy's like, ah, oh, you know me, but I can't complain. Yeah, man, I got a rash. Too. I got, I got I a can rash. That's one of the lines I use more often. I said that on the show. <laughs> yeah, I got because he's so legitimately happy in the backseat of that limo. Yeah. <laughs> he's got his cocktail. I was having a bad day, man. I'll tell you what, I was having a real bad day. You know, it's like now, and, he's, now he's good. And then, but then he gets kidnapped and sent into the other Lebowski's limo. Yeah. And another Brant moment, like I'm, I'm begging and pleading anyone that's about ready to watch this movie again. When it gets to that scene, 
only watch <laughs> Philip Seymour Hoffman. <laughs> yeah. Don't look at anything else. Just look at his face because he has the most unbelievable facial expressions. Yeah. <laughs> that had not occurred to us, that dude. That had not occurred, <laughs> had not occurred to us, dude. They did not receive the money, you nitwit. Dude, we've been frantically trying to reach you. <laughs> <laughs> and again, he's still calling him dude. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> I will not, not to abide us. to another toe. There and so which leads us There it is. I will not. I will not abide another toe. Which leads us to the coffee shop, which yes. I when it cuts right to them at the coffee shop and he's like doing this. I thought he always had it. I'm like, why would you bring the toe into a coffee shop? But it, it like Oh, he was just mimicking. He's yeah. like, look, it was like there's this like big. A, there's like a certain outline in, in his shirt that makes it look like it. I'm like, oh shit, does he have it? Why is he bring it with? But uh that coffee shop is very famous. Uh Johnny's coffee shop restaurant. The fake coffee shop used for only movies yes. in LA. Reservoir Dogs, American History X, Gone in 60 Seconds, just to name a few. Oh my God. It's amazing. I, it and, is, and now that you know that, you watch it, you go, oh yeah, that's the booth they sat it's in. Never, wow. It's never known for uh, you know being a coffee shop. It's only open for when movies come yeah. in and make it. I just watched Reservoir Dogs. Nice. And I saw it. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> that's such a great scene too. Like another, you talk about the, the use the usability of the dialogue in this movie. Yeah. Like, like how, how, like we said, you know, like is the, I'm staying, I'm finishing my coffee. I say that on a daily basis. I'm finishing my coffee. <laughs> my, my wife will leave the house and she's like, you leaving? I'm like, no, I'm staying. I'm staying. I'm finishing I just my like coffee. how he's like, <laughs> I'm finishing my coffee. I don't even think he says anything. He's like, that wasn't her toe, dude. That wasn't her toe, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I get you a toe by the end of the day with nail polish. With nail polish. And he starts laughing. <laughs> you want a toe? I can get you a toe. <laughs> Excuse me, dear. <laughs> dude goes home and gets in the bathtub. Yeah. And they <laughs> Listening again. Listening to like whale sounds. The song of the whale is what he's like. Because I like it. They keep doing that. They, they'll zoom in on what they're listening to. And again, the music in the background is being played yeah. throughout this movie. It's not just like a song. He's listening to songs <laughs> yeah, that's of the whale. true. Far out. Far fucking out, man. <laughs> far out. <laughs> and immediately shattered the by, by the. Oh, just... nice mormit. Hey, this is, this is a private residence, <laughs> man. <laughs> fucking flea too like flea's yeah. perfect in the roles so that he good. does like he's really good at, at what he he is in movies 100%. is he in son-in-law does anybody know flea yeah i don't know flea. i'm sorry i don't know i don't all know. i know about Fle flea's in flea's in back to the future right. uh yeah. and he's also in the chase oh yeah him yeah. and anthony kiedis are like the dudes the rogue dudes in a, in a truck right. chasing him around yeah 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 uh, I love that movie. Here's his filmography, Flea. I don't think it's much. He, oh, I think it's a lot, actually. Never mind. <laughs> it's 103 roles. I, I'm not oh, even wow. going to read through yeah, this, yeah. but no. yeah. Oh, holy we'll shit. do a Patreon on Flea. <laughs> <laughs> the next morning, the dude's car is found, but no briefcase. At the bowling alley, he meets the stranger and then visits the doctor that Maude referred him to. On his way home, he crashes his car, but finds the homework of a young kid tucked in the seat of his car. They think the kid has their money, and they visit him so like, i i love the scene where they're at the bar and he's explaining like that the the nihilist came to his house or whatever and uh he's like they had a marmot and then because walter knows everything it's like you can't uh, you can't uh, have a, a rodent in city limits and amphibious a, rodent amphibious what are you a uh, fucking wildlife park <laughs> ranger what the that illegal either <laughs> one of my favorite b almost c level roles is the cop that when they find the car 
Yeah. And he goes, oh, man, my fucking briefcase is gone. <laughs> yeah, I saw that in the report. That guy is one of my favorite people in this movie. <laughs> he's so good. Because he's just like, he's such a low-level cop. Hey, man, just, you got any like leads <laughs> on like who might have done this? Leads? Promising leads. leads. <laughs> <laughs> they got us working in shifts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got to call the boys down at the crime lab. <laughs> oh. Sean, you'll agree with me. We both have the same thoughts on this movie. Some of the cinematography of this movie that I... I'm noticing more the older I get and the more we dissect movies. One of the coolest, most beautiful shots of this movie is dudes at the bar, <clears throat> Walter and Donnie leave. That slowly zooms in on dude, just very slowly. Yeah. And he start he hears the tumbleweed song in the background because it's playing through the PA. And he kind of thinks about it, and then it slowly zooms back out, and strangers sitting there. Yeah, Sam Elliott sitting there. Yeah, you don't. That is so subtle. You don't notice that, but it, that is such a beautiful shot. The narrator of the story, you know, is it, he shows up, and it's kind of rare. Yeah, you know, and I love how he's just like this mystical kind of guy who like seems seemingly travels around and just like tells stories of people that he meets and like kind of likes yeah. you know it's it's a really interesting kind of thought but it's so coen brothers oh. it is like the only thing that they do is that one of uh one of my favorite parts of their exchange is when he says well sometimes dude well they, you know what they say yeah sometimes you eat the bar and the bar eats you and then he says, what is that, some sort of Eastern thing? And he's like, far, far from it. <laughs> he's, he's dressed as a cowboy of the West. It's like, even, even the that's like, so I like your style, dude. I like your style too, man, the old uh, cowboy thing. Cowboy thing. He's like an Eastern I'm thing. I'm going to start drinking my beer like that where you go, you go. You get it out of your mustache. Yeah. So two things about that, though. The the dialogue of the Coen brothers is mind-blowing to me. The the sometimes you eat the bar and sometimes well much obliged much well obliged. the bar eats you like he yeah. he's interrupted in this important thing that he's saying yeah you're right you don't do that in a movie that's yeah. real life yeah and and then like so there's no such saying as sometimes you eat the bar and sometimes the bar eats you I had to look that up I was like mm. what does that mean it's sometimes it's you eat thing. the bear and sometimes the bear eats you uh. so the thought of it is that he's so th southern that he's like bar you know like uh. bar bar but there's also some crazy thought there's a thing called the Jungian model of psych Jungian Carl Jung oh yeah is that what it's called philosopher yeah. dude so have you ever heard that aspect of it I haven't they're no. saying that the bar that goes if you look at it in 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 a, di a diagram, it's a circle with a bar through the middle of it. Okay, and there the top is like consciousness, the bottom is like subconsciousness. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And so like in a roundabout way, he's referencing that okay. that bar is the thing that like hey, you're, you're teetering this line your whole life. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I like you're no, probably completely overthinking. Hey, that. no, that's cool. But I, dude, Sam Elliott, my God. It's perfect. It's He's perfect. We'll get to the end, obviously, but yeah, yeah. I just love how he. I love his appearance <laughs> in the middle of this. It's like, I mean, yeah. And, you re you realize you were it's like being, an intermission. You realize yeah. you were being told a story. You kind of forgot. You know. Yeah, exactly. I feel like, uh, and I would have to look at this, but just thinking back on the movie, to me, it just feels like it, this happens at dead center of the movie. Yeah, yeah. 
that it's just Probably. like here's a, here's a nice reminder. I would like to look at the timestamp on it, you know, of when this really starts and right. see if any of it lines up to be the dead center of the movie because mm. it really feels that way for me. Probably. Like you say, being reminded you're being told a story. Yeah. It's very interesting. And the subtleties too when he gets up to have it your way, dude, and he walks yeah. the wrong way. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't. He does. I, saw boy in the I, I saw that this time around and I thought of you because you you, you mentioned the Tommy Boy kids and I just love those subtle things like like it's so easy none of us would have cared if he would have just got up and walked away but the fact that they're like no no no, go that way and then come back the other way i think it, i think it also speaks to this point of like do you think of sam elliott as this guy who just knows everything and he's perfect like he does everything and what he does is, is the right move right but he, i love but it he doesn't know where the bathroom but, is but in, yeah in this in this movie he Oh, there I go rambling again. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah. he rambles and he doesn't know the right way out, and like he just makes little mistakes. It kind of adds to like the the you know the imperfection of every character in this, where it's like it's yeah. an outstanding sort of premise. It's an outstanding yeah. sort of problem that all these people are dealing with. Yeah, with dumb people. And right. even the narrator is, is kind of gets off sometimes, you yeah. know, it's just like, this is what the story is. Yeah. Like you, you were introduced right at the beginning where he kind of meanders, you know, it's like, it's an unreliable kind of guy, but you're still <laughs> yes, sticking right. with it. You know, you're right. He's very, unreliable. He's I can't actually, even remember what he's saying. He's actually very unreliable, <laughs> but we take it at face value because it's Sam it, Elliott. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And because he has the world's greatest mustache. mustache. 100%. Oh my and we go, God. this is a beautiful segue. We go from the world's greatest mustache to the world's worst mustache. <laughs> okay, okay. Uli. Uli's Uli? little, little itty bitty pencil. Are we thing. doing punchable face right now? Is that what you're going to go with? I. Yeah. Do you think Uli's the most punchable face? The one I want to punch the most, I guess. Um, it might be one of the nihilists. It's the Ooh. tall one for me. Torgan Vogus, the yeah. guy from fucking Die Hard, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I do. I'm going to veto Uli because, like. Okay. His laugh does make me want to punch him, it but it also makes me want to hang out. But with I him. also love him in Dragonheart. <laughs> I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna slightly veer off of of the nihilist punchable face, okay. and I'm gonna go I with. Have a, I have another one too. Okay, go. No, 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 no. no, 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 no I'm no. sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. You go. No, go, Michael. Little Larry Sellers. <laughs> yeah. I hate little kids. I don't know why. Okay? I, don't, I don't know why I didn't fucking think of it. But little I'm, Larry Sellers, I'm when he's board. sitting there, just going. Yeah. If we were on a train to yes. go punch a face, yeah. I'm on board. Okay, you're on that train. <laughs> <laughs> That's our soundbite. <laughs> okay, first, first. Okay, it's gonna be. It's gonna be. I'm gonna. Here, it's. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna go most punchable face, and it'll be Sean going. If we're on a train to punch a face, I'm on board, and then it's you laughing. <laughs> there it is. We got it. You guys are in on some cool ground floor stuff, right? You guys now. don't even know. Yeah. If we're on a train to go punch a face, I'm on board. I'm on board. <laughs> Fuck that dude. <laughs> Fuck Larry. Fuck little Larry Sellers. But before, but before we get to Larry Sellers, okay, I okay. want to talk about Uli. Because that scene makes me laugh so hard. I love it. That whole scene makes it, oh, nothing much. <laughs> what do you do? Oh, nothing much. Oh, oh nothing, nothing much. much. He's just an art guy. You're a friend of Marty's. He's like he's like uh, the John Waters of, of that group, pretty much. He looks like John Waters. Yeah. And he's obviously he super famous. He's the video, the video artist. <laughs> yeah. 
Knox Harrington. Knox Harrington, the video artist. I, and every time this scene came around, I meant to look up, okay, who's Knox yeah. Harrington? Who is it? I never I don't did. Think, I don't think it's a real person. I don't person. think it's a real person, but I'm like, I, I, it's just, it's just in my head. This is all I could put together for like why this exists, right? Is it's literally just there to disrupt the dude's thoughts. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Okay, wait. He, he's just there because he's. <laughs> he's who like, the fuck's who, up with who the, who the fuck, fuck is, this, is guy? this man? He's a friend with a clucked asshole. <laughs> dude, fucking. <laughs> Actually, you're now, dude. AJ, you sent me down a spiral. Okay, <laughs> so they're like, it's Sandra about to be an Ollie. Yeah. Like, I have a feeling that. I have a feeling that Maude was like, hey, listen, I need to get this guy over here. Because he looks he looks up at Lebowski like he knows that she wants to get him pregnant. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think Maude says, listen, he's going to come over. I need to get him to the doctor. Yeah. Uh, but then we need to get him the fuck out of here because we don't want him to hang around and drink our booze. So, <laughs> yeah. so I want to do a fake phone call where it's Sandra about to be an Ollie. And then we both laugh and look at him like, cause they're <laughs> laughing and just staring at him. <laughs> He's like, what the fuck? And he gets the hell out. And he gets the hell out. This case has gotten very complicated. Do you have any Kahlua? You got any Kahlua? <laughs> you want something to drink? Yeah. White Russian bars over there. Bars over there. <laughs> he, gets he, he sat down at the, sat down at the perfect time, sits down, relaxes bars over there. Yeah. <laughs> hey, so Molly brought this up. My wife, my Wally, brought, my wife, Molly my, brought this up. My, mo my, my Molly, Molly. So he goes to the doctor. Yeah. Which is who's not, thorough? Who's very thorough? And is this not about thorough. his face? Because he's like, drop your shorts. Mm -hmm. Then two seconds later, dude is happier than he's ever been at any point in this movie. Oh. Molly thinks the Listening doctor credence, the yeah. doctor jerked him off so they can get a sperm sample well maybe maybe <laughs> maybe not the doctor that's what my wife thinks happened <laughs> okay okay what why was he so happy after maybe potentially he, like a rectal exam maybe he like did a, exam. maybe he, maybe he did get jerked or milked i don't know milked. maybe he did get jerked or he jerked it like he just gave a sample like he went into another room like how you do you know to make sure you're potent because he's very happy yeah that's and, true and the, just the iconic the, the punching the bam, ceiling bam, the bam. iconic <laughs> gif that exists in the world is Un just him just <laughs> <laughs> smoking a joint fucking a beer yeah, yeah, that song yeah, is so perfect it's maybe my the funniest moment is, for it, me. Is there the funniest movie in this moment in this movie? Is maybe that when that I car hits the just, dumpster? Because it's not like it's just one <laughs> locked off <laughs> shot. He's like, ah, 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 and then it cuts. He's like, eh, eh. and it is it's and so. It cuts back it's, to him. It's the way the car like. It's so violent. <laughs> it's the most violent like car crash stuck shot. <laughs> It hits with such force, like you don't even oh. realize how fast he's going. <laughs> it just goes boom, like jumps the car, yes. and then he tries to get out the door and it doesn't open. So he's going the other. <laughs> this movie's fucking awesome, dude. <laughs> and then it immediately cuts to the fucking dance cycle. Oh, his his landlord. Oh yeah yeah yeah. We'll 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 go to the, we'll go to the Larry Sawyer after we'll the what have you. Dude, I can I can almost do that dance like note for note. Oh, when God. he when he when he goes and he hits his thigh. <laughs> <laughs> like that's 
I don't know why that's so fucking funny to me. We will we will do a TikTok or an IG thing. <laughs> Mike doing that. No, TikTok's yeah. all about dances. Let's start a new oh, dance. Yeah, yeah. Let's start a TikTok <laughs> we'll dance and it'll do. <laughs> Apparently, he rehearsed that for like three days. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, there's a band. Okay. They're not very well known. Okay. But this was a big deal to me back in the Napster days when I was oh. had free downloads and stuff. I found a band called The Prayers and Tears of Arthur Digby Sellers. Wow. Is the name of this band. They're not you can't find them on Spotify or Apple Music, uh, but they have a song called Lisa that is like actually a pretty cool song for like 21 year old me. Like it's very indie, it's like acoustic kind of thing. But yeah. what a fucking band name. That is the prayers and tears of Arthur Digby Sellers. It sounds, series. <laughs> it sounds like a great album to me, but yeah. hey, band name's good too. <laughs> Look them up and comment on their YouTube videos. Be like, confused breakfast. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> see if you like it. They're gonna be like, what the fuck? Who, who are these? We haven't people? been a band for 20 years. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> uh, he wrote Branded, bulk of the bulk series. Of the bulk of the series. So dude. fucking good. And a good day to you, sir. <laughs> hey, what the fuck is that machine? Is that an iron lung? Yeah, it's, it's like an, an iron, iron lung. lung. What does it do? I think it just makes you breathe. But is he, like, alive? Yeah. And he can, like, understand what's happening? Or is he, like, incapacitated? And I feel like at, in, at that point, or what, whatever that scene is, he is incapacitated. Larry, the man to see you. <laughs> the man to see you. <laughs> the man to see you. Does Pilar? He, Pilar. Oh. Does he still write? No, no. He, he has health problems. He has, health problems. <laughs> he has health problems. Like, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> and Walter's like, oh. Oh, <laughs> Is this is this possibly the best slash worst television edit of all time? It could be like, but like, but they planned we, it, right? Do do you have what they say in this? Yes. Okay. Before you get to that, the the turn he makes, like it, it is just like he like Who? the switch. Uh, Walter. Walter. The switch goes off right as he at the right as he's at the door. It's just like this is what happens when you fuck a stranger in the ass. <laughs> it is like oh shit. Is this your homework, Larry? Is this your homework, Larry? Is this your homework, Larry? Dude, is Dude. this your homework? Please. You know it's his fucking homework, Walter. Where's, Where's the, the fucking, fucking money, money man? Shit. You Dude. little shithead. Dude, is this your homework, Larry? Is this your homework, you're Larry? You're absolutely right, Sean. He goes, he goes, Larry, you're about to find out what happens when you fuck a stranger in the ass. About to end a world of pain. <laughs> um, so the TV edit, if okay. you have never seen it, Says this is what happens when you find a stranger in the Alps. Oh, mm. no. and it is John Goodman's voice. So like they must have been like, this isn't gonna fly. So when I'm whenever I'm hiking in the Alps, <laughs> uh -huh. and I come upon a stranger who uh, I do not know, that is a definition of a stranger. You That's know, what you find a stranger. Uh, I don't in the Alps? know their name. I don't know their face at all. So right, what right. what happens when I see that is I immediately find where they park. Yes. And get a golf club and smash the fuck and out of their smash car. the fuck out of their car. Makes so sense. that is what happens when you find a stranger in the Alps. You killed my car. Now I kill your fucking <laughs> car. That's <laughs> not his car, That's man. Not his, your, Donnie's in there. He's got to get that. Donnie gets out and runs away. <laughs> I just bought that thing last week. What a fucking segue. Yeah. They're eating in and out and they're very much enjoying in and out burgers. Those are good burgers, dude. They stopped at in and out after this happened, guys. They did a drive through or something. No, they did. And that's the best part. And the worst part is is that dude didn't even get anything. No. 
ordered it though. <laughs> he ordered their food probably. That's true. Because <laughs> he, he had to be the one who. <laughs> what do you guys want? You had to go from you had to had to go through like multiple shut the fuck ups, Donnie's. <laughs> like, uh, can I take the numbers? Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up, Don. <laughs> it is the sub- subtleties of this movie are the in betweens that you don't actually yeah. see happen, but we're, you know happen. We're somehow like we're looking at a movie that is based on the in between, and it's and the then, scene outranked by the plot. That's yo, <laughs> that is just it's oh. just it's it is brilliant because now we have to look in between the lines of in between the lines. Yes, and it's like, but it's it is so funny because that's how, like you said, that's how Coen Brothers like write. They that's how they write movies. It, yeah, they they focus on the normalcy. And they they exaggerate it exactly, and and then in between all this, we we're sitting there thinking about like they're driving, the wind is blowing in their hair, and they're eating In and Out Burger, enjoying themselves. Well, just think about it too. Their their drama where they won all the Oscars for the No Country for Old Men is pretty much a noir as well, Correct. almost the same kind of outline. It's just not a comedy, yeah. but you can see it as one too if you want. There are some funny bits in that. Yeah, yeah. you think it's, about the money. The, exactly, the money that's being the, missing. That's the like, MacGuffin right there. There you go. You're, that's a good point. Damn. Well, let's end this shit. Let's do it. So, last scene at home, he's ambushed again and taken to Jackie Treehorn's party, where he's drugged and captured by police after another dream sequence. When he returns home, his apartment is wrecked, but Maude is there and they have sex. He goes to Lebowski's mansion and finds Bunny has returned home. While leaving the bowling alley, they are confronted by the fake kidnappers, and Donnie dies of a heart attack. After scattering his ashes, they go bowling again. Life has returned to normal for the dude. Uh, a couple things here. Um, Number one, this is, we now have seen, well, this is the first movie of Confused Breakfast that we've seen uh, Ben Gazzara and Sam Elliott. The first of of maybe a few. Maybe a couple. We'll find out. That we will get to. (laughs) He's Uh, perfect in this role. That I think is absolutely phenomenal. He is perfect in this role. Ben Gazzara in this role. I mean. Jackie Treehorn. Jackie Treehorn is. Hello, dude. He, he, he's so I'm perfect. Jackie Straight laced looking guy. I'm Jackie Treehorn. I'm Jackie, I'm Jackie Treehorn. <laughs> the, the not so subtle introduction. Like I, I love that. Keep that thought in mind. I had to think of it real quick. Okay. Se- second possible punchable face. Yeah. The dude doing the trampling going. Oh. oh. I think he might be. He might be pretty high on the punchable face. He's right up here. there. That's me though, man. <laughs> <laughs> like anytime tits are out, I'm like, whoa, <laughs> cool, dude. This is I, great. I interrupt that one. No, that's why. So, but getting to Jackie Treehorn, we see the two goons again. And did you guys notice that the the two the Jackie Treehorn wants to see you? Woo and Woo uh, and what's his name? Yeah. Um, but they have changed outfits. No shit. Wait, they, what? They have changed outfits. Oh my god, <laughs> dude! They have. Oh my. They swapped shirts and no, no, no. outfits. The, the, the Woo has the, the gray uh, like wife beater on. Tank top thing. In the first scene. And then then the blonde guy's wearing it in the second yeah. one. Flip-flop, yes. But you're right. The, so when he's like. Sean's mind is blown. Where's the money, Lebowski? He's got like he's got that tank top yes, on. Yes, it's like a pink cut-off yeah. yeah. sleeve and tank top. Woo has this like this like shirt cut-off. It's like a gray thing. Yeah, and, and like. 
and then you see them come in oh and my they have God. swapped outfits. What the fuck? Completely. So does that does that are we assuming they just have been in multiple sex orgies since the last time we saw them and they don't remember what they're just wearing they like what like, party are they at? Oh, we don't know. They're wearing costumes from like sets. Like <laughs> oh, true. <laughs> what <is> true. <laughs> I want to know if that's like, was that a Coen Brothers thing or did they just be like, dude, let's just change out. Let's just change shirts. I don't, I don't know. know. I think it's, I just thought it was like, when I, fucking never I saw that. that, I was like, you've got to be kidding me. On that line, I also noticed when he goes, so if I can just get my uh, 10% of five of half a million, I'll be on my way. My, my five grand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he doesn't care. It's five grand would be like 1%. 1%. <laughs> of half a million. <laughs> half a million. He's, he doesn't care. Like five grand would be a lot to, to Clearly to he's post dating 69 cent checks. <laughs> well, he, five grand would be great. Would he? So, and that's the thing. He's like, it's like 10% of a million the half million, like he doesn't even know. He just, he just, in his mind, he's just owed some money. Yeah, <laughs> far he's up, just, man. Like, he just y- wants your money's it. being held by I like the way he named Larry Sellers, Larry Sellers, in and out burger. <laughs> he he even references the terrible time <laughs> yeah. he just had. He's already over it. The dude's already over the trauma of his car getting killed. Five grand will fix my car. Five man. grand will fix my fucking car, dude. The picture on the phone. <laughs> we have to talk about it for at least two seconds. Yeah. What happened on that conversation then? Was it just a ruse for him to walk out? Yeah, maybe. Did he know that like <laughs> dude was going to do this? He literally goes down to like take a note. Uh, Jackie Treehorn. Yep. But he like, draws a guy with a raging boner. Draws a dude with a ma- ma- massive dong, and You're then right he's back, just dude. like, and and then the look on the dude's face when he's just like. Wait, <laughs> and then he still stuffs it in his pocket. I love the way he gets back on the couch, though. <laughs> Not awkward at all. Not awkward at all. I, I think Jackie Treehorn knew at that point. He's like, I got a drug dude real quick. He's like, yeah, I know. He's like, I need do. to get away from here real yeah. quick. Get some drugs. It's okay. A strong Caucasian, <laughs> Jackie. Hell, hell of a Caucasian. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> so go ahead, dream okay, sequence. So I'm sorry. Dream sequence. It's. Maybe the best song in the movie. Like, I know the man in me by Bob Dylan is amazing. What condition my condition is in? It is like Kenny Rogers. Uh, Kenny Rogers, right? Yeah, I think so. It is um, amazing. Like, it's so weird to see like a Kenny Rogers, like, kind of 60s band do this song. But this is like when I first watched the movie, this is like what I waited for. Oh, and I don't know why. I just love this dream sequence so much where he's walking down the whole uh, stairway and everything like that and dancing. It's it's a fucking, like, such a catchy song. Yeah, oh, it's incredible. incredible. And he does some great little dance moves down the stairs. Yeah, does, that's like, actually kind of tough. I'm like, wow. I couldn't do that. I got bad knees, he's man. He's that. Yeah, dude, I, mean, I ain't doing that. Are you kidding? <laughs> like, no way, son. But Jeff Bridges is doing it. He's killing it. So. Mod in like the the uh, the bowling ball bra, bowling ball bra, and like the the head headdresses the and everything like that. Bowling thing. They uh, they put him on a skateboard to on, go underneath to the go legs. on the alley, but his his uh, his shoulders were too wide, and so they had to like uh, they had to like I think they did it digitally instead. So they had him just kind of go under, and then they shot the lady separately. Because his shoulders are way too wide, so he you, couldn't fit down. Well, are you sure about that? Because they also there's an interview with Jeff Bridges talking about how they played a, a trick on him uh-huh. when he, during that scene. Oh shit! Where the the girls all put like uh, pubic hair, like fake pubic hair, in their underwear. Oh, no shit! 
so like it was spilling out of their pant their panties. Oh no! That when he was going underneath, he's like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> That's what I heard. I heard that story. Uh, I, let's go with that. <laughs> I like that. I've heard a couple things on this too, and I also heard that Jeff Bridges like didn't want his kids like on the set. Have you heard about I, this? He part? brought them to that to the set that day. That day, he was like, they, like they were like, "No, we're gonna bring them to the set, and they'll be fine, and we'll have fun." And it's then it's this scene where he's looking up the skirts of all these <laughs> girls. Oh, so and then um, my other thing about this: Did you guys do you guys recognize like for the longest time? I was like, "Why is he dressed like that?" Do you guys know? Oh, he's, oh, like shit. he's Carl Hungus. In the, Carl Hungus. In log jamming. In log This jamming. is gutter balls. <laughs> this is gutter balls. <laughs> yeah. But he's got I on didn't the realize that white cutoff things, a tool belt. I was like, why is he dressed like I that? I come to fix the cable. So fixy cable. <laughs> Cable's right over there. <laughs> My roommate came over and took a shower. Yeah. Oh, the hi. plot is ludicrous. <laughs> ludicrous. <laughs> so he wakes up in the Malibu Police Department, pretty much. Or he wakes in up car. in the car and then wakes up, uh, or comes to pretty much yeah. at the Malibu Police Department. Um, getting thrown a, a fucking coffee mug at your forehead would be like, it seems like the most painful thing I could ever think of. Yeah. In that moment, especially hungover, drugged, you know, Can, date yeah. raped. I can't, I can't imagine like that, like pain he must have felt. And then on top of that, so he, he takes it to the front of his head, and then he pushes him back, takes out the back of his head. That dude... Fucking fascist. Fucking fascist. <laughs> Stay out of Malibu, Lebowski. <laughs> Jackie Treehorn pulls a lot of water in this community. <laughs> Stay out of my beach community, you loser fucker. <laughs> I don't like you. Jerk off. <laughs> you jerk. I don't like your jerk off face. <laughs> <laughs> Even all the BC level characters in this yeah, movie so are good. so perfect at their roles. I won't sleep with you in the desert. Tonight. Even that cabbie is so good. <laughs> man, shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. I like my Eagles, man. You get your own cab. <laughs> you don't like, fuck you, don't like my music. <laughs> <laughs> there, there are some theories out there that the dude is the son of, uh, like the illegitimate son of, of the Big Lebowski. Oh. Which brings up some thoughts that, oh, no. that Maude wanted a baby with a man who has the same name as her father. Right. Who potentially also could be her brother. Like, like they, there, was, there was no... The Coen brothers were interviewed about that, and they're like, yeah, we didn't think about that. <laughs> like, there, there's, there's... I mean, it's the same name as her father. Shit. Yeah. With, with maybe that's what the medical exam was for, is yeah. to determine that there was oh, indeed yeah. no... Oh, I don't know, but That's that there's point. some weirdness there. Yes. There's some weirdness in that moment, though. They, they Jeffrey, do. love me. <laughs> so, but also, <laughs> did she just hang out in that place for like two hours, just waiting for him to come home? I, it had to have been after it was ransacked. Did she ransack it yeah, to make know. him vulnerable? <laughs> well, and then I'm sorry, but I just my one of my favorite things is Jeffrey, love me, and he looks up, he's like. That's my robe. <laughs> <laughs> he's nothing else. He's just like, that's my robe. And then also the board that he nails it. Forgot to about put that. The chair I had to go the- back to the beginning and be like, does that door really open to the outside? <laughs> yes, it does. God damn it. It does. He tried to block it from the inside and it opens out and it just falls down. And that's when those two dudes walk through again. But, but that's what he trips over again, which is just insult to injury or in injury to insult, whatever you want to say. And like, watching that happen is probably like, like 
I felt the frustration yes. in that small snippet. But the dude never lets it get to him. He never does. Never does. I love the I flipped out at that point. I love that he he gets some relaxation. You know, he no. him and Maude have a moment and he get he gets his own, you know. And I love the Nina Simone song. Yep. Like we've been saying, like I imagine he's playing that. It's on in the background. Record. See? It's, Same thing. Imagine he's playing that. It's a very romantic song. Nina Simone is a the best um but a lot of the stuff that he's saying is that i was part of the uh port huron statement and and that i was really Roy from metallica the speed of sound tour speed of sound tour, which is fictional it's <laughs> not not an actual tour bunch but, of assholes a bunch of assholes <laughs> what, um, what was what was it the what seven ron kuby seattle seven the seattle, seattle seven he's like that was me that's with, a, with, with <gasps> six other guys <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot of jeff dow the actual lebowski or jeff he who used was, to say all these he things he used to say all those things and he was a part of all those things that's where they got all this bullshit Oh it increases the chances of conception. <laughs> it increases. <laughs> he's had sex for the first time in a long time. Now he's got all this power, and he just goes. And now runs. it feels like an actual. Yeah. He feels like stay away from my fucking lady friend. <laughs> my lady he's friend. He's like actually. Man. He's actually like a tough guy at this point. He goes to Big Lebowski. They fucking get the run over on him. Everything's great. They go back to the bowling alley. Um, a very small moment for me in this movie is when Jesus is now not as cool anymore. He's like, what yeah. the fuck's this? Yeah. And Liam, what is this day of rest shit? Yeah. Day of rest shit. <laughs> Liam's behind him. When Jesus walks to the right and then turns and goes, Liam does the same path. <laughs> he like, he follows him the exact same way that Jesus walks yeah. away. I don't know why. Humanize the goons. I want to know Liam's story. I really do. I want to know all about Liam. I, I believe this is like a three Pete for this line. Yeah. Walter said, this is what happens when you fuck a stranger in the ass. And then Jesus comes in, I'll f- I'm going to fuck you in the ass on Saturday. I'll fuck you in the ass on, on Wednesday. And then, and then the goons outside. And then the nihilist later fuck on. fuck you in the ass. I fuck you I fuck, the you. Ass. I fuck, I fuck you. I fuck you. It's just like, oh, God. Like, Are these guys dangerous, Walter? No, man. <laughs> no, Donnie. These, no, Donnie. These men are cowards. No, no These Donnie. men are cowards. <laughs> I, do, I do love Walter like, no, no, fuck that. Yeah, like, yeah. He like, he's like, uh-uh. He's I mean, finally like this it, is his redemption. Yes, it's, it he's is. finally rational in this moment where he's has the right to defend yes. everybody in this moment, you know. Yeah. He bites the dude's ear off. <laughs> Mike Nails flee with, with a bowling, bowling ball, ball to the oh. chest. Like you would think like stomach would be bad. No, chest would be awful. Chest he, bone he broke sternum. ribs. Like that dude's out. That was rough. And then we got then we see Donnie go. Yeah. Nah. Unexpected. Unexpected the first time you saw this movie, you're like, what the fuck? No, totally. It, like, I, it, it makes me sad. I know. Even now. And again, this is the one time that Donnie doesn't get a strike that we see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hits nine. His takes first nine non-perfect nine. game. And he's very he's very perturbed yeah. by not getting the strike. It's almost like he worried himself into having a heart attack. Just, yeah. like, just like you were saying, watch Pish in that one scene. Watch Donnie yeah. when he comes back from doing that nine. And him and or, uh, uh, Dude and Walter are talking. Just watch uh, Donnie's rea- facial reactions because he's still confused. But then he like kind of gets into the conversation and everything, and then starts asking a question and everything like that. It's yeah. it's just brilliant acting, you know. Because that was a cut. That was it could have yeah. even been a different day, and he was still d- doing that. Even when know? the nihilists pull out the samurai sword, if you watch Donnie, Donnie's so worried. He yeah. like he's like grabbing on the back of Walter, like no, 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 no. We gotta go. We gotta go. Don't hurt yourself. It's it's crazy. He's like yeah. a little puppy dog. Yes, man. Is, man. It, it, and yeah, so it cuts to them at the funeral. <laughs> place <laughs> is there a ralph's around here somewhere it is our most <laughs> moderately priced receptacle <laughs> receptacle that dude might be punchable face too though that's true it's 180 dollars 
<laughs> he's just like, what's, what's this? <laughs> yeah, he's, he just what's this? excuse me. What's what is this? this? <laughs> it's like one of the few times he takes off his glasses. <laughs> it is. Man. He's like, what's this? He's like, uh, this is for the urn. Receptacle. <laughs> it's our most modestly priced receptacle. They range. We're scattering 3, the ashes. Yes, but you must transport yeah. the remains. <laughs> this is one of the most like coherent things I think Walter says. He's just like, God, just because we're bereaved doesn't mean we're suckers. <laughs> we're saps. Like, God damn it. God damn it. I do I do love it. It's almost like Walter had his redemption in that moment. And then the whole thing's different now. Cause like they're they're slight even though Walter fucks this whole eulogy up. Like he still wants to do this moment for yeah. Donnie, yeah. And then like how he stands there like a like a little puppy dog, like I'm so sorry, yeah. Like and he kind of shrugs his shoulders down, and then like wants to hug him, mm-hmm. like he wants he hugs the dude, and they're it's a it's a beautiful moment to me because you want to say <clears throat> you want to talk like toxic friend relationships yeah, that yeah, we've yeah. talked about in these movies, like sure. cocktail, like, yeah, like oh like oh man, Walter and dude are toxic. I don't think so. I don't think so either. I, I think you could easily think that, but no, this they need each other. Yeah. They both have to be there to like yin and yang. Right. Tao, like Buddhism, the the, the it's Taoism. All, it's all balance, man. It's it's like guy flying off the handle, guy keeping keeping it keeping it real. Most of the times, you know, like an interaction between them could go a, a negative yeah. way, but like the one time that it doesn't, you know, they are completely in sync, mm-hmm. and right. that is worth the friendship. Yeah. You know, it, like it could be contentious here and there, and you could that guy could fuck up, this guy could fuck up, but when you come together in a in a a, a momentous kind of moment i guess um it works and that's worth it and it really like it's it's like once the song comes in well it's my favorite song yeah (sighs) me and sean bonded over this we did yeah towns van zandt mm -hmm. dead flowers Mm. is the song you want if you like the end of this movie yeah it's when i first saw this movie like i said in the in the beginning it it made me cry i i love i just love this story and i love in that moment when like it is a hilarious moment he gets fucking donnie's ashes all over the dude it's very funny. it's hilarious but like when he does it he's like i'm sorry dude it's genuine fucking like, that's, it's, that's not dude. played as a joke that is that yeah. is serious you know yeah. but it um, is a joke when it just dusts exactly all yeah. over the dude and, and you don't know just, how to he feel just, he just takes it and he's just and at the same you know what i mean like it just <laughs> hits the dude and he, you're just like, that is hilarious he's, and sad and disgusting all at the same time. He's really pissed off at Walter at this moment, but he's also just more frustrated that Donnie's gone. 100%. And so, like, They're when both he, mad. when fuck they, it, dude, when they are hugging, Let's go bowling. When they are hugging, he's like, "Fuck Walter!" I'm like, "God damn it!" I know it, Walter. <laughs> like, because they're both sharing a yeah. It's, That's about as emotional as they can get to each other. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but that that final scene. It's two minutes and 27 seconds. Okay. And it is a one shot. It's a oneer. Nice. Okay. It's, if you go back, it starts with a pro championship bowler, by the way, Barry Asher. Okay. That's his name. Bowls, okay. bowls a strike. And then it fades back and dude walks up to the bar. This is all one shot. There's no cuts. I did not notice that. Yeah. And dude walks up. So I'm too caught up in this. Oh, I know. <laughs> and and I've, Sean, I have not noticed it till this, to the, the hundred times I've seen this movie, because that song, Dead Flowers kills me. But, like, that is two minutes of 27 seconds of a one-shot that then goes back and ends with that guy hitting a strike. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't imagine how many times they... And, and the amount of dialogue and how perfect Sam Elliott had to say those words. Yeah. 
without feeling like the good Lord jipped me. Like, so fucking... They had to do that scene so many times. I guarantee they had yeah. to. And, again, it's one of these things that the dude... <laughs> it's like one last little kind of a joke where uh, Gary, the bartender, he says... Hey, dude, how's it going? He's like, oh, you know, it's not too bad. You know what they say? Sometimes you eat the bar. Sometimes, uh... Oh, hey, oh, hey man. How are you doing? <laughs> he got another, another quote. God. But then he doesn't, and then, but then he doesn't, he doesn't finish, finish it. it. He doesn't realize that he was the one that told it to him. Yeah. He, <laughs> I think that's why he, he stopped got, saying it. He, like, he realizes oh, he's there. He's like, oh, hey, man. Good, good to see you again. So the manager of the Rolling Stones, who originally wrote Dead Flowers. Okay. His name's Alan Klein. They approached him. They wanted to use um, Dead Flowers by the Stones, uh, but technically the Stones had to sign off on the Towns Van Zant version. Gotcha. Because like they own the rights. Cover. Yeah, it's a live cover. And so Alan had to sign off on allowing the Towns Van Zant cover to be in the movie. Uh, he wanted $150,000 for it. But then he got to hear, he got to read the script, and he found out this part about the dude. Talking about hating the fucking Eagles, and he hates the fucking Eagles. So he's like, "Have the have it." He's like, "Have it." Give no fee. You, you can, no fee. You can, you can have it. You can you you have full rights to dead flowers. That's amazing. Dude. Wow. <laughs> like, I hate the Eagles too, bro. <laughs> there you go. One thing. Yeah. And the Eagles hated that. By the way, they were like really mad about that part being in the movie. Oh Come my on. I hate God. the fucking Eagles. I hate the fucking. There's Eagles. such an L.A. band. Too. They're, they're upset. They're by Maude Lebowski. They, they didn't. They didn't want to be hated by the dude. Exactly. <laughs> That's what it was. All right, Sean, you should end this. Then we're going to give everybody our uh, modern-day ratings. I just was kind of thinking about this movie, and I wrote this little thing, so just bear with me for a bit. This film really is an exploration of the meaningless of life. Almost all of the central characters and most of the supporting characters are stunted. The nihilists are stuck in their belief that they believe in nothing but will do anything for money. Maude is stuck in this art-life facade. The Big Lebowski... uh, Jeffrey, the, yes. the wheelchair man, is hiding behind his own facade of this smart, larger-than-life millionaire that is secretly broke. Walter is stuck in this Vietnam rhetoric that is that he believes if he can get in a situation, his way is the highway and will live out his delusion with mostly good intentions until the situation goes the opposite way than what he had in mind. And Dude, who is stuck in this 60s hippie movement where he believes if he can just have his white Russians, weed, bowling, and his rug then life will ultimately just fall into place for him really the only character in this film not cursed with the stunted reality is donnie he is the only one who goes with the flow and questions the other characters delusional stunted realities only to be told to shut the fuck up and eventually die because of that (coughs) the film to me is saying that nothing really changes ever especially if you are set in the one way or another and the film never judges the characters set in their way because in the end they aren't right nor are they wrong and it still doesn't matter we just have to find something that can really tie the room together fuck yes it's gorgeous (laughs) Fuck yes. Thank you for that. All right, Thank so that's that. it. I mean, we got to give this thing a modern-day rating. Uh, we, we've stripped away the nostalgia. AJ, what do you think about this thing? When we have some of these that I, I, I think of as, like, really prolific movies, I try to watch them as much as I can um, in preparation for our episodes. And re-watching this, I, I never found myself bored by anything um, because I was always finding new things to, I like, find and identify. It's like it's like an I Spy book, man. Uh, <laughs> Where's Waldo? Yeah, there's like there's like so much stuff to just like you're going to recognize potentially a new thing. Um, 
the Coen brothers are so smart like that. The casting is brilliant. Like, it's a very, very smart movie. And even when you don't think about it or, or you don't recognize it, you're like, that was hilarious. That is genius. I.e., the two goons switching outfits. How, what, what the hell, right? That's the kind of stuff. Now, and there's still things that I find a little upsetting because I do want some more resolution than what I think we get out of this movie. It, it makes me question what what actually happened. The whole ploy of this movie was the money, bunny, all this stuff. There was a ransom note. Was it all just a setup? Do we actually get resolution for that? Or is are we just supposed to continue on with the idea that this movie is literally about nothing? And it doesn't matter if there, there was or was not because those people playing that game had their own thing and dude was just a pawn. So I don't know. I don't know what side it was. I wish I had some understanding of that. That being said, this movie is absolutely amazing and I can watch it just about any time, but not to the, not to the point that I'll put it on any time, but I would love to sit down and really watch it any time. Mm. So that being said, I'm going to give this movie... A 9.6. Is that one of your highest ratings? It's one of my highest ratings. Sean, what about you, man? It's a 10. The straight up 10 for the Sean. It's a 10. Uh, I, I don't really have to say anymore. I just, my, my little last thing is kind of all I had to say. It's 10. I love this movie so much. I, I, you know, I'm a little tougher in my ratings than, than you guys. And because yeah. of that, I have to stay in that, in that lane. I was reading up more about it. So the dude says the dude abides mm. and the reference of abide is to Ecclesiastes one, four in the Bible. It says one generation passes away and another generation comes, but the earth abides forever. And I think it's a reference to how the dude, very much like the earth, weathers any bit of change, any bit of chaos around him and completely remains the same. The dude fucking abides. He didn't even mean to say that. He's just regurgitating what people around him are saying. Yet it fits so goddamn perfect in his way of life. And we should all strive to be that way. Strikes and gutters, ups and downs. That's life. That's fucking life. And he's just like, whatever. I I love how none of the lines in the movie get finished. It's just talking about how like life is completely incomplete and like nothing's perfect. Things don't always work out. It's how you deal with it. Yeah. You know, all these movies that have perfect dialogue, it's like this is the most unperfect dialogue of any movie. It's because it's real life. So I'm I'm an 8.9. This is definitely one of the best movies uh, that we've done for me. So uh, we have to go back to David Gould, executive producer. He says says, there's a lot of dialogue in this movie. When I was younger, I was enthralled by their fast-paced conversations and big words. But as a 34-year-old father of two, it felt like I was watching vulgar and unhinged versions of my four-year-old and his (laughs) friends playing together. So much so, I felt myself screaming, where are the parents in my head? (laughs) Or at least, where were the police? to put someone, anyone in prison for the copious crimes committed. Walter. But even though I found my acid reflux churning at the sight of Caucasians and in a place of maturity that the dude never did, the film is beautiful. Everything is intentional in true Coen Brothers fashion and nothing feels out of place. The dude will always abide. Walter is the worst. Philip Seymour Hoffman is the most punchable face. Oh! Oh. 
Oh, David Gould, we're kicking you off. I understand about the haircut and everything, but come on, man. (laughs) And Sam Elliott is a silver fox. You bet. After all this time, I still find myself quoting, I'm staying. I'm finishing my coffee. (laughs) Hating the Eagles and putting my hater blockers on whenever the outside world doesn't seem to get it. But I am like more likely to watch something like Raising Arizona or Oh Brother Where Art Thou to cure my Cohen itch. Love Raising Arizona. So my current day rating would have to be a 7.2. Also, can I make a Caucasian with Cedar Ridge? We don't know. We're going to try that after this episode. (laughs) Weird. So that puts us at an 8.92 for our post rating as a group. That is now number four in our overall. We've got Daisy Confused, Breakfast Club, Terminator 2, and just below that is Big Lebowski. I think think we did pretty good on that. What do you think? Yeah, I think so. Cool. That's like some of my... Literally top five I, favorite movies. We're of all creating time. And this is the gospel. greatest list of movies. This is gospel because it's, it's all of us put together. There's, exactly. There's going to so. be pretty soon. There's going to be IMDb movies list and then the confused <laughs> breakfast movies list. And that's what's gonna, we're going to beat it. So, well, we hope you enjoyed the episode. Thank you so much for being here. Tune in next Wednesday. We have another great episode. We're going to dive deep into the amazing year of 1985. Some insane movies there. Pick out our individual top fives. After that. We're going for it. We're going Red Dawn. Oh, God. We're going for it. We might get canceled. We'll see how it goes. Let's go. Wolverines. Let's go. If you're new to the podcast, go back in time. This time last year, we did our uh, intermission episode, one of our least listened to episodes, but oh, actually yeah. pretty funny, pretty awesome. We kind of recapped the first half of this podcast and what fun has happened and I, the stats and stuff. Yeah. And so it's worth a listen if you if you avoided that one. I think it's a fun listen to. It's it's fun to go back and hear that kind of stuff of like how we really broke stuff down exactly. or like how we how we clashed. Exactly. You know, it's really. We were busy back then. Yeah. All right. And we're not busy now. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Please stay in touch with us by following on all of our social media platforms at Confused Breakfast on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok, and Confused Be Fast on Twitter. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast and leave a review on the podcast platform of your choice right now. Also, we have merch. You know you want to rep the Confused Breakfast in public. Mugs, stickers, shirts, all kinds of goodies. Go to ConfusedBreakfast.com for a direct link. And don't forget about our voicemail number, 319-804-9596. Links to everything you could ever need from us are in the show notes or at ConfusedBreakfast.com. This includes a way to follow all of us individually in our personal projects that we want you to check out. Mission of the day, tell your friends about us. We'll see you next time. Goodbye. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.